Hello, beautiful people. It is Everything DB Wednesday, September 14th, 2022, and this sports show shall begin right now. Football is what we are chatting about every day for the next five to six months. It's a beautiful thing. Yesterday, we had a conversation with Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Poyer, and Rex Ryan. And although the internet was abuzz with Rex Ryan talking about his love of feet and his partnership with Dr. Shoals, that was not the big takeaway. Jordan Poyer coming on the show telling us a story about Josh Allen saying, I'm a dog. <laughs> While running somebody over and posterizing somebody, although it was an incredible conversation and we appreciate Jordan Poyer for as such, it was not the big takeaway from yesterday. It was our conversation in an unprecedented fashion, season three, episode one of Aaron Rodgers Tuesday that has garnered some headlines and mostly this year, positive. Hey, okay. Yeah. Hey. Mostly yeah. positive headlines. That's hey, it's it. a new, this is a first, unprecedented. Hey. Hey. everybody. They're talking about how pumped they are to hear Aaron Rodgers say, hey, this is going to take a little bit of patience. There's going to be some growing pain. Seems like when he was talking about the offense, he understood that everybody was in on it. It's going to take a little bit of time. Wasn't worried about the defense. Keep it moving. It's a good day to have a great day. Today, we have Nate Boyer joining us in the third hour. Former Green Beret, former long snapper for the University of Texas, the Seattle Seahawks, and held for me when I broke a Guinness World Record for blindfolded field goal at the San Francisco 49ers. He's also one of the founders of MVP, which is merging vets and players alongside Jay Glazer in Los Angeles at the Unbreakable Gym, where they're pairing up retired football players and veterans of war and basically bringing them together for a you know, a philanthropic, feel-good, get guys back into life and into society, actual foundation and thing. They've made it into a movie to really document some of the stories that they've been a part of. That movie debuts today. We'll talk to Nate about not only acting in it, directing it, helping writing it, but creating something that'll hopefully make the world better for our vets on the football field and our vets on the battlefield. Can't wait to chat with Nate in the third hour. AJ Hawk will be here. The Toxic Table is here at Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. One half of the hammer... Done. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here and the host of Everything DB, host of the Man to Man podcast, live in studio like you'll be all year, host of the NFL matchups program on ESPN, ESPN2, mm-hmm. and ESPN Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Hey, Hey, great to have you here today. We're going to have a little film breakdown Ooh, live yeah. on this show about the good and the bad mm-hmm. DB play around the NFL. I can't wait for it, DB. You're going to make us a smarter person today. It's going to be fun, man. We're going to get into the weeds a little bit of coverage. It's going to be fun, man. I think so. And I think the good part about this show is as we continue to grow with the film and Mm -hmm. having film and shout out to NFL Films for us, being able to figure out how to get the – Yeah. Here we go. Supply chain got figured out. Supply chain's getting better every day. I know Mayor Pete's in charge of it for the country and everything like that. But I would like to say that we're pretty good at solving supply chain issues as well. It's been incredible workaround with NFL Films. We're also debuting our NFL Films piece. That we're collaborating on tomorrow. Oh, I think it's gonna be good. It's good. It's awesome. Yeah. I think it is. Fire. It is. I'm pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. I'm voicing over an NFL films thing basically yeah. <laughs> every single week with inside footage that nobody else is gonna have. It is going to be electric, I yeah. think. Yeah. It's going to be really good. Honestly, Game changer. I honestly believe it. The boys and I got to see it this morning, a rough cut of it. They're like, hey, this is what we're thinking. If you want to change anything, let us know. They've been very collaborative with us, which I'm very thankful for. And as you start watching the Scorsese of sports, the NFL Films package kind of get pieced together with the voiceover that I ran. It was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, this is unbelievable. We're a part of it. 
and it's going to be awesome. And I think players are going to appreciate the hell of it at the end of the day. But whenever you're breaking down film from NFL Films live on the show, which we're allowed to do, I can't wait for our dumbasses to be like, whoa, 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 hey, man. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Listen, I need you to slow that down because there's a lot of film that gets broken down around the NFL yeah. on sports media. And we're appreciative of everybody that does it makes yeah. us better. But now that we're actually a part of it, yeah. I think we're going to like, just for selfish reasons. Oh, yeah. Because something that we don't understand, we'll be able to ask you for. And I think you'll be able to explain it beautifully because you've always been a coach on the field, D-Butt. Yeah. I had to, but I, I like, I got it. I'm going to be, I'm going to join it for selfish reasons too because it's a lot of coverage talk that we don't get. And it's something I tweeted out on Sunday just watching the games. We already don't see the safeties on the TV copy, which, you know, I get it. That's cool. But when a big play happens, we almost never know why. We don't know who to – not necessarily that we want to blame a guy. We don't know what broke down. No, I would I, – I, I, I like – Yeah, I need I, to know. I, I don't yeah, mind accountability. But at least to learn from the average fan. A lot of fans kind of want that information. All you hear now is it's either cover two or man. Like nobody knows the real uh, breakdowns of coverage. And not to get too complicated, but just to simplify it as much as possible. And fans – Everybody in here will understand it. It won't be rocket science. And then you just keep, uh, you know, building blocks. Hell yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun year. I think people become more interested in the product the more information they have about the product. Exactly. So, like, I think the ability to learn things and sound smarter amongst your friends is something that's going to, you know, hopefully make people more interested in the league as a whole. That is really our only goal. And I told the NFL that whenever I was chatting with them. And we're the first people that are like an independent operation that have gotten footage rights for their show, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a part of the entire conversation. But in doing so, you could, I have to, you know, calm some potential, like, what are we doing to the league here? Letting this fucking guy <laughs> sure. and Make his Bugle Boys friends, <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of those that are going to run be in our way for a lot of things. People that wear suits that have been around for a long time have seen success for a long time yeah. in one particular way. We're kind of running into a brand new era oh, yeah. of content and digital everything. So we're kind of in the middle of that whole conversation that has to happen. So I had to explain to a lot of people that maybe had their doubts on us getting rights what we're looking to do. It's like, no, I, I would like people to celebrate the game more. Like, mm-hmm. I would like people to get the opportunity that I had to have a front row seat to some of the smartest motherfuckers of all time breaking down what's actually going on on an NFL football field because once you start hearing some of the shit that's going on on that field I think your respect level for every part of the game is only going to grow and I think today is a great start for that whole thing with everything DB. Yeah and I can't wait to hear AQ talk about online play because you you know you're obviously an expert in what you did I would consider myself an expert in what I did but I don't know online play like that I don't know how protections can break down and who should have done what and why Um, so I'm I'm very excited to see him and then obviously Chuck from his standpoint as far as everything he's seen for so long he's seen the games changed so many times but a lot of things stay the same at the same time so I'm excited to hear his breakdown and uh, Hasselbeck everybody that's going to be on here doing it's going to be fun man. I don't know if we've announced Hasselbeck Darius oh, brother shit. just did <laughs> what? no yeah Matt Hasselbeck going to be live in studio bring no, that what? What? ESPN? Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Hasselbeck. Breaking thank- news. By the way, D-Bot, thank you for doing that. Because as it was coming out of your mouth, you were saying like Chuck and AQ right. and everything. Right. I was like, have we announced? We- I don't think we've announced There's Hasselbeck. Not because we're not excited about Hasselbeck, just because Hasselbeck's been very busy. He's also doing his Sunday countdown yep. show, but then he's mm-hmm. flying out to India immediately. And oh, it's yeah. like, we're getting an opportunity to hopefully learn football at a higher level. Us. Mm-hmm. For I sure. I don't want to be like selfish here but i feel like as we learn which is all we're trying to do the audience getting to do it as well is going to make for some incredible content in our individual piece that we're creating alongside nfl films our debut i think every thursday of the season is going to be great this season's going to be fucking awesome we can't thank you enough for being here can't wait for the first episode of everything db coming here in about 25 minutes or so that should be fantastic and can't wait for the rest of the nfl season to kind of get going because as we face you know 
an epic week two coming up of this season. Mm-hmm. Big time. Herbert Patrick Mahomes kicking it off on Ooh. Amazon. Brand new era in the Kirk Herb Street, Al Michaels era. It's going to be a beautiful thing. There's already storylines starting to breeze, and this line has moved a couple times now. Yeah. It's going more and more in the favor of Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's because Kansas City Chiefs, high scoring team this first week, week one of NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, most touchdowns of week one NFL. They seem to make it look very easy. They got more weapons all of a sudden. So I would assume a trendy pick is to pick the Kansas City Chiefs tone. That's why this number's moving. Yeah, the money is all on. Um, the Chiefs, actually 74% of it. Um, I, I, people forget how good the Chargers played the Chiefs last year. Now Keenan Allen's out, but... No, he's questionable. We don't know if he's out, right? He's out. Mm-hmm. He's out. He's doubtful. He's doubtful. Thursday night, you wouldn't bring him back for a Thursday Hell night no. game. Yeah, hamstring. This early? Yeah. They haven't officially rolled him out, though, no. Yeah, yeah but Keenan Allen... Him missing is a vital part to that Chargers offense? Very big. I mean, that's definitely their number one guy. But one of the great things about Herbert and Mahomes is they'll throw the ball to anybody. If Ty's out there lined up and he's open, Herbert would throw the ball to him. He could drop it. Herbert will come back to him and throw it to him. So that's that's a great um, thing about him as a quarterback, Mahomes. A lot of the great ones are like that. But um, So it's a big thing, but I think they'll be able to adjust and be fine. Ty, I could imagine your get-off, your releases are fucking top-notch. You watched Devontae Adams for far too long. Exactly, exactly. I I almost feel like I've been out there with him for all this time. (laughs) Uh, Are either one of you guys worried about I think it's easy to get enamored with how good both their offenses are and all these teams are, but we talked about it ad nauseum last year like it's still a Thursday game like everyone is saying you know hey points 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 like they want to take the over and everything do you think there's still so a that's why it's that gonna it's sloppy that's gonna make me want to take the Chiefs I think even more because how they looked in week one they looked like they picked up right where they left off last year yeah now will they be able to continue that momentum four days later against a team that knows them very fucking yeah. well and division games are always tough four and a half's a lot though Tony that's gonna swing some people right that's a lot yeah I I think this is a lot of week two is like a uh, buy low, sell high situation for teams that looked good. Like, say, like the the Broncos and Seattle game. People are going to be all over Seattle this week just because they looked good against the Broncos. Overreaction betting. Correct. Exactly. So you got to be careful with that in week two. Now, the Chargers did win, but the Chiefs were a much more clean, uh, clean, yeah, like easy win against a perceived good team in the Cardinals. Do we know who the Cardinals are yet? I don't know. Um, but the, the char- I believe like a lot of this money coming in on, on the Chiefs is because of how good they looked against the Chargers. Or, sorry, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Um, in Arizona, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Arizona. Uh, but I just remember, like, the, this is always a close game. One of the games went to overtime last year. Um, and then the other one uh, was a was that? His, his game. first game, Herbert's first game. 15 minutes before the game, Tyrod Taylor's um, – you know, they put a golf tee through Correct. his lung, uh-huh. and then Justin Herbert comes in, and that was against the Chiefs, I think. Took him to yeah, was. Knocked that guy yeah. out. Yeah. And yep. then the Herbert Patrick Mahomes thing, people were trying to cook at the American Century Championship, sure. and mm-hmm. they saw it, remember? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, Herbert's a guy, he said, I'll believe it when I see it, or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And he was just saying, I think he was just drunk fucking around with that person. Somebody made it a big deal. But Chargers Chiefs are a fucking two programs that know each other very well. We got to remember that. What I think is being slept on is – the Chargers couldn't close out a game before. They they closed out last week. Uh, Cleo Mack had three sacks. They had, what, three interceptions. The defense is much, much JC improved. J.C. back? Uh, I don't know. He uh, was limited at practice. Does it matter if J.C.'s back or no? Yeah. He's, he's a game changer. He's a top three, four corner in the league. So uh, that definitely matters. Uh, Derwin James looked unbelievable. Like you said, Khalil Mack still is Khalil Mack. You still got Bosa. So you got some dogs on that defensive um, line, and that can all, always change the game. But 
you know, these two quarterbacks, these two offenses are going to be They're going to get theirs, right? Yeah, they're going to get theirs. 54 and a half is high total. Yeah, especially yeah. for a Thursday night game week two. Correct. Yeah, because normally the offense is a little slow out the, out the yeah. gate, but I think everybody watching the Chiefs was like, Ugh. Yeah, they started fast. <laughs> yeah. So everybody forgot about the Chiefs because Tyreek Hill left. Uh-huh. A lot of conversation about Tyreek. It needed to be said podcast and what everything's going on down in Miami with Tua and McDaniel, most accurate quarterback in this. Everybody's forgotten, like, the Chiefs is still the Chiefs. And need to be treated as the Chiefs until the Chiefs prove they ain't the Chiefs anymore. Yeah. That team is still going to fucking go, but the Chargers are going to be a brand new team. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Chargers are awesome, and I worry about the fact that the Cardinals really didn't have any you know, good D linemen out there with J.J. Water compared to a Bosa and a Mack and a Tillery up front. But also with the J.C. Jackson thing, Mahomes just said last week, like, hey, it doesn't matter. I feel bad for fantasy, you know, managers, <laughs> but it's going to someone new every week. Like, does that affect having like a stud bona fide number one corner where it's like hey even if he's covering let's say Juju Mahomes might not go to Juju once that game because of the fact that's what lockdown corners do though lockdown corners eliminate a player from game right and that's kind of what we're looking for and Patrick Mahomes like wow that we might be doing that by ourselves exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's tough it's tough to do that against that type of offense and then their go-to guy their number one target is Kelsey so Kelsey's going to get his he's going to get his targets he's going to get um but who plays Kelsey the best yeah. in the entire Derwin National Anderson? Football mm-hmm. League? Yeah. Derwin James. Like, that's the guy that last week they were comfortable leaving him one-on-one with Waller a bunch so you could double Adams and Renfro in third-down situations. So now you'll see that uh, matched up. That, that's going to be a hell of a matchup to watch. And it'll be a lot of one-on-one, so I'm excited to see it. This is in the kingdom? Yes, this mm-hmm. is in KC. Yes. Yeah. Okay, At so that is go- like I'm kind of through as this conversation is taking place. I've kind of gone back and forth in my head on what I'm going to take, and we won't give our picks till tomorrow because let's let this line oh, settle. Of course, right. let's sure. let this line settle into what it's going to be, and let's find out who's playing, who's not playing. We're all assuming Keenan Allen's not going to be in a muscle injury short week, week two. We can fucking move on. It is a divisional game, though. Yeah, yeah. big game, big, and I think you can bo- steal in, one from Kansas in both of those locker rooms. They probably know like this is the team that we'll have to worry about at the at at the end of the season. You know, you obviously have the Raiders, you got the Broncos in the division, who are good teams with good players. But these, I think, will be the top two teams in the division. Let's pivot away from this game and go back to last week. And Tone, you kind of hit on this a little bit. You said people are going to overreact mm-hmm. to Seattle; they're going to love Seattle. We're getting some sound bites out of Seattle, a Seattle sports podcast, Brock Heward and Mark, uh, Mark Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. 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 I mean, it was we, we are yeah. sorry, Mike. We do apologize. That, they had Pete Carroll on their podcast, though, and Pete Carroll was wide open. Now, presented by Alaska Airlines, who has more flights than just to Alaska, I've been told. Yeah. Yep. Alaska Airlines has to deal with Russell Wilson. I believe they gave him a 757. Now, I don't know if Alaska Airlines is still going to be locked up with Russell Wilson <laughs> after the podcast that they are certainly a sponsor of Lower Left Corner of had Pete Carroll on, and Pete Carroll pretty transparent and candid about what this game meant to the Seattle Seahawks. Who knows if they'll be able to get up next week after this emotional dump, it seemed like, beating Russell Wilson. Go ahead and run this from Pete Carroll just the other day. I didn't need the validation. I just wanted it. I just wanted to win. You know, I wanted to win for every, all of the reasons that, that, that come along with this one. Uh, maybe as much as anything is representing the guys that have played before. It meant a lot to those guys. And uh, um, I was so thrilled to, to be able to hug those guys up and see them and look them in the eye. And, Why did and, it mean and, so and much so, to them? Yeah, you figured that out. <laughs> you they, figured they, that out. Um, <laughs> but it was really meaningful, oh, and they really wanted it. And uh, I knew we were playing for a you lot brought. more than just the regular stuff and, and uh you know we have a um we we have a real 
connection with our, with the history of and the legend. I don't. Do we have a legends a legends group that those guys would fit into? Yeah, that they all belong in it. You know, and and uh, they feel it and they love the fact that they played here and they love seeing us do well and and in this night they they realized what you know there was a, a big opportunity and and they uh and a big statement to be made you know um you know the game isn't about an individual player here or there it's about team this is the ultimate team sport for and it's been stated so many times before it takes everybody uh -huh. and, and uh sometimes when so much focus goes you know it, it just you know it just rubbed guys wrong i guess or whatever but uh um i'm thrilled that, that we won that game Brock Hewitt wanted a question. I don't know what his follow-up was. <laughs> yeah. He had been asking for it since the middle of Pete's answer, and I don't think he expected Pete to continue to elaborate yeah. on everything that he did, and we appreciate the Seattle Sports YouTube for getting that clip into the sports media world. But Pete Carroll said, uh, why do you think this one meant more? Well, you can figure <laughs> that out. Yeah. You can figure that out. And he said a multitude of reasons and everything like that. It's not about one player. It's about the team. It sounds like all the anonymous shit that we had been hearing and had been trickling out over the last couple of weeks yeah. and then them booing the fuck out of them coming out there. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, that's what happened, huh? And I think Pete Carroll's speech the night before was, remember Russ said he can't win with you guys. We can't win here. We mm -hmm. got to go somewhere else. He can't become a top five oh, quarterback yeah. here. That. That's what that sounded like to me, and I don't want to be the classic media guy that says it. Pete Carroll fucking hates Russell Wilson. Hates this guy. Have you? Is that what you heard too, or is that just I def you definitely heard it? Uh, I I don't know about hate. I don't know why he would hate him. You know, the guy got help get you a Super Bowl champion championship. You know, won a ton of games there. Um, was surprised by the um, the booze from from the twelves to Russ. You know. I it's, it's, a, it's a game. It's an opponent. Um, when Peyton came back to Indy, the crowd cheered him on, uh, when he, at least when he came out. And then once we started playing, you know, they obviously got after him. But um, that was weird. But uh, hearing Pete talk, I feel like he said a lot without without saying, uh, you know, too much. I, yeah. I still think he said a lot. Yeah. Yeah, like, he, he, didn't, he didn't openly say, you know, I just want to hug those guys up. And it meant more to the guys that have been here before and played with him before, you know, mm -hmm. the people that basically felt like they got shit on by yeah. Russell Wilson and Team 3 in mm -hmm. there. It's almost... You know, I don't want to – listen, I'm a Team 3 fan. I got some other merch. Of course. Yeah. I'm wearing some good man brand myself. Yeah, Love that's right. Let's ride. Have to. Let's, Let's ride. ride. Okay, I'm all in there. But whenever you start thinking back to how this all happened with Team 3 try, and Russ trying to stay babyface – in Team 3 basically saying, oh, well, the offensive line's not that good. The offense isn't that good. He wants to be a top-five quarterback. Doesn't think he'll be able to do it here in Seattle. And, like, you know, I assume Team 3 was telling Russ – Hey, we'll take all the heat. It'll be us that's saying it. You don't have to say anything. It sounds like that didn't work. It, no, it, no. it feels like feels like Pete Carroll's letting his team know exactly where they stand in Russ's life. And Russ, I assume bygones will be bygones at some point if they have success again. And in the future, he'll come back and he'll do that. Raise the, raise the banner sure, and everything. At, at some point, that'll happen because yeah. they did have a lot of success. But it does feel like it ended not great over there. And Seattle getting that win. I don't know if we can judge that Seahawks team like they're going to play that game every single week because it did feel like, hey, this one, this is our fucking moment to tell this guy to go fuck himself, it felt like. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I don't think that's that outlandish, really. Like we joked about it, like, oh, Pete Carroll hates this guy's fucking guts. But then when you, like the players talking about it after the game, like how bad they wanted it. Shelby like, Harris. Like, yeah, yeah you guys would know. Like, how he came over from Denver, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. trade him away. Yeah, that's exactly. what happens when he trade away a D right. lineman, yeah. he said afterwards. Yeah. But how often does that happen where a guy switches teams and guys in the locker room that were just teammates with that guy are actually like, fuck this guy. We need to beat <laughs> this guy. Like, that shit doesn't happen. And I think to, to Connor's point yesterday, like with Peyton coming here and them cheering and everything, like Russell wanted out. Like they can – 
they can say Team 3 did yeah. whatever. Like, he orchestrated a way for him to get out of Seattle. So I think all those guys are like, you know, and then who knows what kind of preferential treatment. Like, he, he's kind of an eccentric guy anyway, so who knows how close he is with the team. Like, he is a walking cliche. Like, I think it's very possible that all those guys are like, yeah, fuck this guy. Think, he thought he was better than us. After yeah. the game, Darius, you said, you noticed something I think that a lot of people did after the game on the field. Yeah, I mean, part, part of it is, um, you know, he says, Russ says, and, and you know, I don't want to, like, jump on Russ if you don't know. No, we don't either. You know, We're yeah, fans. Yeah, Let's ride. Great, yeah. great player. Um, I, you know, I think he's a, a great guy, at least from what I can see. But um, he does put a, out a lot of, I think, like, Bullshit? Like, yeah, it's like bullshit. Like, and, like, obviously, we can see through it. Like, your quarterback, and a lot of these quarterbacks, a lot of them, especially the great ones, are me guys. Like, they want to win. They are team leaders. Have they're to be. Me, yeah, they're, but, you know, they're me guys. I think Russ is a me guy. I think the people in the locker room, the people around the NFL knows that. He does the other stuff. Um, and, like I said, nothing's wrong with that. A lot of them is. But when you come and you get in the podium and you give all the other stuff, that's when it, it's like, okay, like, just be yourself. And then uh, on the field after the game – you know, which is always, especially when a quarterback comes back to their own place. Or anybody. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, but especially the quarterback. You know, if it's Brady or Peyton or A-Rod, like, it's always going to be a, a circus of cameras and crew mm-hmm. where you, you almost have to get through them to be like, hey, man, good to see you. And, like, for, like, probably the first probably 30 seconds after the game, it was like he was just out there on an island. And that was, yeah. like, weird. Like, you've been in this locker room for, what, 10 years? Yeah. And, like, it should be, like, guys, trainers. Like, the first few yeah. guys. Yeah, exactly. Equipment Payton came managers. back. It was trainers, security, equipment, media. Everybody just wanted to, you know, shake a hand. So that was uh, odd to see. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's week one. Hopefully those Broncos and, and Russ, you know, they, they ride and have a good year. And uh, same with Seattle, man. I was happy to see Geno come out and play yeah. like he did. Hell yeah. Ironically, within the system, you know, just – Play action, make yeah. you read, make your throws. It was a little time. Gino wasn't cooking. Oh, yeah, a few times. They he let Gino cook. He, he cook, exactly. So it was kind of probably like a little fuck you there. Like, hey, he's just doing it just how we dial it up. And he had a couple plays where he went off script and made plays. But uh, it was glad to see Gino play. I'm sure it was a lot online for him, too. And two plays, one inch in total, 14 points missed yeah. out on. Oh, that is... I mean, that's obviously the determiner in that game. But it feels like for Seattle, that felt very, very good. And you talk about the Peyton thing. I think any player that leaves, teammates and equipment managers that get along are yeah. going to dap up afterwards. Quarterback, you're just saying it's going to be on TV if it happens. I think yeah, it's exactly. what you're talking yeah. about. We see it. But, yeah, I had to wait in line for the Peyton thing. Yeah. I was like, all right, I got to show my respects here. Welcome back. Great to see you. Have a good one. Cheers. We beat him, I think, every time we played against him. So he wasn't necessarily thrilled at all. <laughs> and we all knew that you yeah. know like Peyton, i love Peyton. he's another me guy to an extent like i run the show i and it, but it's my show but yeah it's my show from on the field to off the field you know i was talking like it's but team players respect that because that's who you are you know what i mean so and and when he's on tv talking about the game he's kind of going to talk about you know it certain times okay maybe he could have checked into a run and you see saturday getting hey run the fucking ball it's like no i'm just fucking block, block. you know and that we can respect that if that's who you are but just don't be with the phony shit but yeah it was um so so on that point there yeah we met tim tebow yeah okay it's really him Bingo. Yeah. So we started thinking that Russell Wilson, maybe just like Tim Tebow, like, yeah, he is just full time. This is his natural reaction is to be the best human of all time in every single situation. Like, because that's what Tebow was. Yeah. And I think naturally, as somebody that went to school at the same time as Tebow, and we had a quarterback on our team that was getting nowhere near the love that that Tim Tebow was, and our guy was a fucking guy. So I think I naturally was like, fuck this guy. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I, does anybody want to have a. 
a, yeah. a cold beer with this guy? <laughs> yeah, no. no. Does anybody want to smoke with this guy? No. no. Does anybody want to hang out with this guy? No. Fuck this guy. Like, that's how I felt. And I think a lot of people felt that way about Tebow. He was forced on television. Now, he had people that loved him and the ratings went through the roof every time he was on. That's why he was forced on TV. But for a long time, as I was younger, I was like, this guy. Get him off the fucking television. <laughs> I cannot take this anymore. So then we thought it was phony. Yes. Yeah. We meet him though. And he's that human awesome. Like times ten almost yeah. because he was there. We got to see him in different situations that we never see him on TV. Then I start talking to everybody that knows him. They're like, all day, every day. That's what he's like. So I think I took that learning experience of judging Tim Tebow for mm. being a fake motherfucker because I never met somebody like yep. that before into the Russell Wilson situation. And every time we talked about Russell doing something incredibly corny, like Mr. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and a number of other things, we we're like, hey, 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 that's just who he is. We can't be making fun of somebody that, like, that's just yeah. how they remember from Tebow. We judged mm-hmm. him, he was that guy. Russell, we can't do the same thing. It does feel slowly like maybe he isn't that guy yeah. all the time which is why people have the reaction which I think is yeah. even and more it, further to your Tebow point Tebow shit is funny too because I that was one of the things I knew a lot of people that played at Florida at the time and everyone knows what, what type of uh, characters he was dealing with in that locker room Cup so, for, <laughs> so to have Tebow as the leader of that team everybody that played with him Will run through a brick wall for yes. Tebow. Like every like he was that type of leader through and through. And uh it was just real. Uh, we just saw a clip that the Jacksonville Jaguars put out that I don't know why the hell they put it out from Trevor Lawrence. Oh, it's a social team. Yeah. Like walking out of the tunnel. And it's like a bad ball. My God. But that's who he is, and that's that's kind of who we've always seen him be. So I'm always a proponent of being yourself, even at that quarterback position. Like you just gotta be the best version of yourself. But uh because everybody else team. is gonna Come know. On, yeah, everybody else is gonna know. know. Yeah. Trevor Trevor Lawrence does not seem to be the hype motivated guy. <laughs> no, it seems like, hey, let's no. swag out. He's going to be like this all the time. Yep. And I think the reason why Trevor Lawrence is like that and other guys, I think I saw Andrew like this, even though I saw a little fire out of Mary mm-hmm. once in a while, he like would get excited. It was awesome to see because it's like, oh, that's the smartest human I've ever encountered who has natural emotion like I have. That's one of one. But you, when you get propped up, okay, up onto the, to the moon, basically. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, these guys, yeah. since they're in high school, yep. Andrew Luck was the next John Elway's freshman year in high school. So, and he came from a successful family. He was getting hoisted as the next John Elway since his freshman year of high school. Trevor Lawrence, same thing, I think, since I saw him in high school. Hey, this guy is going to be the number one quarterback of all time. So I think some of those guys, they don't want to be ever considered too arrogant or too flashy. So they have to be like business people in high school and in college and they're hoisted up kind of maintain still being hungry and everything. So I think it almost takes some emotion out of guys. Like I, I think they're scared to look a certain way yeah. because they don't want to be like un like uh, relatable like to their teammates. Humble. They don't want to seem too arrogant or too flashy, but also they've kind of been there, done that with everything since their sophomore year of high school. So I think it kind of takes emotion out of some of those top guys. Like Trevor Lawrence's speech were like, hey, let's go swag, guys. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this guy, how bored is he with football? But I also think the reason why he's like that is because he doesn't want anybody to say like, this guy's super cocky or arrogant. I think, you know, like I, that's just my own personal judgment yeah. upon these people that are at this super high level and have been for a long, I remember long time. remember he got killed for just coming out in the draft. Yep. Just basically saying football wasn't everything. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh-huh. something is, which is real life. Like people have lives outside of football. You're really obviously good at the sport and it's your livelihood. But him just saying that the entire media world kind of jumped on. So to your point, like I understand, especially him being young, growing up pretty much 
a social media area where every everything is everything um, that did, picked did. apart. Yeah. So once again, though, be yourself. He won't be doing any pregame hype speeches like Drew Brees in a huddle before the game. But oh, you, know, you got it is a, it is a, a game with emotions though. So you you, you don't need to rock rock guy, but you come on, you got to be able to get after an old lineman or a receiver or somebody at some point. So that'll be some growth we'll see, I'm sure. And it feels like it just takes away the whole chip on your shoulder mentality that like Josh Allen has, or yeah. you know any guys that one ninety nine, sure, yeah, Brady, anybody who's not like the top of their draft and the top of their class. That's why like while we're talking about this, it makes me think about like. Arch Manning. Like, Arch Manning has been built up since he was, what, 8th, 7th grade? And, you know, now he's the highest recruit ever as a quarterback. Hey, some guys make it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Is it possible to have that mentality while still being, like, the highest recruit of all time? It's very interesting because I think you have to have, like, an adult pro mentality as, like, a teenager. And there's no way I would have been able to hit. Yeah, it's tough. There's no way I would have been able to hit. I I moved to number one (laughs) kicker in the United States after going to a camp or something. (laughs) And the next day, I'm like, I'm the fucking greatest of all time. Yeah. I don't, I don't even, you know what I mean? Like, it was, I wanted to get better and I wanted to continue to work because of who my parents are and everything like that. But if you're the quarterback and it's that's like, hard. that's hard to yeah. handle. That's the same thing with these NIL deals. Like, these guys are getting hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars. I had 40 grand in Morgantown and I was, I was out every single Lord night. It's like, I couldn't even imagine if I had a million bucks with <laughs> zero people around me that have ever been successful, yeah. zero understanding of anything, really. And I just have all this. That's going to change the way I work. I think it's going to change the way I act. So you've got to be incredibly mentally tough. I would assume Arch Manning with his uncles. Yeah. He's been at the Manning Passing Academy since he's been this big. Mm-hmm. They've been treating him like, hey, you're a fucking pro, dude. Like right. this, is, this is why you got to work. This is why you got to get better. As opposed to like, I'm just trying to make it. I'm starving to make it, which is two different. Two very different mindsets going into a you know a young age. I think it, it, it's tough too. We always talk about you know being able to handle success. And, you know sometimes that's a lot harder than even handling failure. Everybody knows you fail. Shit, I got to get. I got to do something better. I got to do something different. Get back to it. But when you're always at the top, you got to continue to push yourself. And Brady won ninety nine, but he's been you know the best quarterback in the league for over you know a decade now. So he's got to continue to push himself. So that's tough, man. It's not it just is. football players, but. Obviously, athletes and entertainers, you got so many eyes on you, not only from the outside, but your family. But everybody kind of struggles with that at a young age. I know people that go on Wall Street, make a bunch of money, get a bunch of bonuses early in their kings, 20s. Kings, kings. Fucking blow through it, run through it. And then, obviously, they got 40 years to be in the market to get it back. But for athletes, it's a short time. So having those people that have done it before you, like – you know, the Pat Sertains of the world or, you know, Winfield, Antoine Winfield, who you had on here, Luck, Manning, that does help kind of. Generational. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, it does help, you know, kind of later pay. This is what I did. This is where I fucked up. You're going to fuck up, but you're going to fuck up your own way. But at least you know, you know, what some things not to do, some things to do to help you. I think for me, I would have never, I, I'm very lucky that for a large part of my life, I had daughters. So even what, like Tom. Tom had a lot of doubters. Mm-hmm. So as he gets old and he becomes the greatest, he sees the one, he seeks out, <laughs> who is it? That fucker said, I'm, uh, oh, I'm washed, huh? Gets him right back into mentality when he was a 19 year old, a 20 year old, yeah. going to get it. I don't know how those guys handle it that have just been. Because those are, I feel like those are probably the most important years when you're actually coming, you know. Michael Jordan getting cut from his high school team, yeah. you know, just shit like that. Like, you never forget those type of things. Once again, if you're always at the top, you have to get that internally. And then at I, some don't, point, I don't know if I would have been able to do it. At some point, like Trevor Lawrence, last year, rookie year, that was probably the first year where he felt like, like damn, I kind of suck. I suck. Like, <laughs> I people think I'm bad. People like, are saying yeah. I'm bad. Yeah, like every week. 
of his life before that, he was probably the best player on the field most most Saturdays, most Fridays. And now you get out there on Sundays, like these, like this shit is. And then the guy that's leading us, he stinks too. He's right kicking, so he, kicking the kicker. <laughs> so it, it's it's tough, man. That's why that's another thing that's important is the people that are around you, the groups, the meeting rooms, the leaders, the coaches. All that shit matters, man. So, um, but I'm rooting for all these guys. Me too, and I think that's why you know you have to remember humans. We're dealing with humans yeah. here. Everybody plays the video game and plays fantasy football, and you see the numbers and the ratings. Yeah. You're talking about humans who have actual egos, mm -hmm. have emotions, have family, have drives, have mistakes, have all that. It's um, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating experiment oh, yeah. on how humans interact. Yeah. Now here's an experiment, Nathaniel Hackett. How will he respond? <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett of the Denver Broncos has come out and spoke about the situation that took place at the end of that game, where they relied upon a 64-yard field goal from Brandon McManus, who has a massive leg. Oh, yeah. Brandon McManus has a massive leg. Is already a Super Bowl champion. Has made massive kicks in big moments. Very talented motherfucker. I am a Brandon McManus fan. I. He was here with the Colts for a training camp and for an offseason. I love Brandon McManus. So him waiting for the 64-yard or letting the clock go down, especially while Peyton Manning's on ESPN2 saying, Let's get one here. Let's maybe talk about it here. Let's maybe get one. Let's maybe talk about it. Probably want to get one here. Oh, yeah, and then Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp jumps on top of it again. So Nathaniel Hackett has had to answer for the situational awareness at the end of the game. This is what he had to say. Sounds pretty familiar. Go ahead, Nathaniel Hackett. You know, looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, baby. Not, not, you know, one of those things you look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. Um, but in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. Uh, we were third and 15, I think, third and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it to lose yards, to be able to, you know, getting that there would have definitely uh, been better to be able to call that same play and get extra yards. But um, he dumps it out to Javante. Javante makes a move, goes a lot farther than I think we had anticipated. We were expecting to go for it on fourth down. Mm -hmm. And then you hit the mark, you know, the mark that we had all set before we started. We said uh, 46 yards. 46-yard line was where we wanted to be, and uh, we got there. So we had to make the decision if we wanted to give it to uh, you know, Brandon, and we did. And it didn't work. It sucks, but, hey, that's part of it. Makes sense. Yeah. No. So it's kind of it's kind of no. what we talked about yesterday. I don't think he had any idea that he was going to get in the field goal range. Right. Fourth and five, two hundred fifty some dollar quarter, million dollar quarterback, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive guru. I can see where everybody's like, "Hey, we're automatically going for it. We're automatically going for it." For whatever reason, as soon as they get to the forty six, he goes, "Oh fuck! <laughs> if we don't get this fourth down and we don't go for a kick, I'm an asshole." If we pick up the fourth down, we continue to move, we kick, I'm a hero. We make this kick, I just drain the clock down longer so they don't have as much time to come back and hit a field goal on us. That's one of those hindsight deals, you know? Even though Peyton Manning said, call timeout 62 times yeah. in the final minute. Yeah. He's on ESPN2, Peyton said, call a timeout 62 times. <laughs> Omaha Productions did the stats and analytics. So that obviously sets the tone for everybody that doesn't know uh, what should potentially happen when Peyton Manning, one of the smartest football minds in history, he's also yeah. one of the biggest Broncos fans going right now, is saying it's easy to do that. I think Nathaniel Hackett's like, Peyton, I've... Uh, what do you want oh, me to do? Yeah. Well, you are your friends with McManus. You fucking love McManus. Yeah. Guy's got a big leg. He makes that kick. This isn't a conversation, but you miss it. Obviously, everybody's going to call everything into question. Yeah, I mean, and that's his decision. And I honestly, I would have rather he just not even came out and said this. He just said, <laughs> hey, this is the decision. This was the game plan. We got to the mark. We put it on Brandon's uh, leg. He missed it. We move on. Like, we went 
the fourth and two game, my rookie year against Peyton. Bill went for it. We didn't Melvin get it. Melvin Bullet. And he was yeah. getting everybody's coming. He's like, hey, you know, he came to talk to the team. That's the decision I made. You know, one thing you'll be able to say is I'm not scared. You know, at the point, we couldn't stop Peyton. So we had to just keep the ball. And that was the, the, the decision he made. So Brandon Staley, a bunch of games last year, he went for it on fourth, time, fourth down, you know, six, eight times. Hey, that's the identity of the team. And then this year, you see he's kind of punting, been a little more conservative. But you make your decision as a coach. That's why they get paid the big bucks. It's a tough position. It's a tough hat to wear. But you make that decision, you learn from it, and you go forward. I don't think you come back and say, you know what? Yeah, we should have, like, because now. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm okay with him saying I should have done differently. Let me tell you why. Neil Brown (laughs) against Pitt. Mm Mm-hmm. Made a terrible decision. I forget exactly what it, it was, was. Fourth and one from like the forty. Yeah, yeah, we punted, punted it. fourth and an yeah. inch or something like Averaging. that against Pitt and whatever the case. We were be able to move. Punts it. They go down. They win the game or whatever. And they asked him about it afterwards. And he said, "I wouldn't change a thing." It's like we lost the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we will. We would change oh, it. Man. Hey, Neil. We would have to. I appreciate your conviction. I appreciate mm-hmm. you being like, yeah. In the moment, I'm it was the right play. I'm doing it thing. again. But we just lost another game. 100 times over. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Guys got to make some plays. So I wonder if the question was, Hackett, if you were to do that again, would you do it differently? And that's why he felt obligated? Or if he was trying to explain to Peyton, what the fuck? Hey, listen, if anybody could fucking tell 18, this is what we were doing. I'm trying my goddamn best here. That's probably one time you want a defensive head coach on the sideline that's not in the quarterback's ear. Probably saying, let it run down, take a timeout. Because... These guys, like these guys that run the show when they're on the field, they're calling the timeout right there. And yeah. Then, and now it's going to be 50 something seconds. The timeout is called. Now oh, we got to figure it out from you're here. You're talking so, about Russ. Re, re, so now, Russ, if he has a, a coordinator, play uh-huh. caller, head coach in his helmet, say, hey, we're taking the time here. We're letting whatever we call it. I forgot the name we used to call it, but we're draining the time down. We'll kick a field. Yeah, we're going to milk it. We're going to uh, kick the field goal here. That's the decision. But most quarterbacks, and that's fourth and five, they just gave me what, 200 plus million? 245. Like, what are we doing? And we're going. For, I'm, in, I'm in Seattle. Like, Correct. Yeah, but they had four minutes to move the ball, and they only yeah. had to yeah. move like 35 hey. yards. But I agree with what you're saying. You threw for 300-something yards. Like, we got to be able to get five yards. This is a, it's not like it was a 60-yarder. It was a 58-yard. It's a 64-yard field goal. Yeah, it's a long it, ball. That yeah. would have been record for a long time in the NFL. If he doesn't say, hey, we could do it different, does what you did, and say, you know, we got it to where McManus told us to, is that throwing him under the bus? 1,000%. Throw yeah. who under the bus? McManus. Yes. But you also don't you don't think about that like I could you said it yesterday but as a first time head coach especially like he's panicking and he probably just of everything remembers forty six. He's like, oh, he said forty six yeah. was his mark. He's automatically going to make it if we get to the forty six. Like he's <laughs> this not, used to happen. This used to happen. I want to say coaches what, panic more than players. Yeah, so Russ has been. And we saw Russ matter of fact on the Manning cast and hearing Russ talk through situational football with Peyton, with Eli. You know he's prepared for these situations. He's been through this and practicing games a million times. This is Nathaniel Hackett, literally his first time in this situation. And play call. So, yeah. Play call and head coach. First time. So, this ah. is like, like, I mean, come on, man. Fourth and five. We, got, we can call a timeout. We can literally get our best play to get five yards. Like, I know they couldn't get one yard from the goal. We got to get five yards here and keep this thing going with two more timeouts in a minute left. Um, but and if we you know, make that decision as a coach, you just got to you gotta just go to the next week. It's over with. And, you, you know, if you down. get the first down, you're moving it closer for McManus. Yeah. You're already in yep. field goal range. I think McManus want, probably was like, yeah, let's go. We're here. Let's do it. Because if they don't pick up that first down on that fourth and five and they don't kick – 
they're immediately asking McManus, who has a massive leg, the local media at least, hey, how far do you think he could have hit from? McManus probably says... 46. Nah, uh, so 46. Yeah. Yeah. You think they're going to ask McManus after the game if yes. Russ goes forward on fourth down and five and they don't in kick. Seattle, doesn't make it? I think so. And they're going to ask McManus... I think Where do you think could have hit from? I think somebody would try to stir shit to make Hackett look bad. You don't think so? He doesn't get a kick off there? I think we're talking about the guy that just got $250 million back in his stadium. That, not able to pick up a fourth get and five. five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, the fumbles on the goal line, maybe not as far for like one of them. You know, it's crowd noise. They got a late snap. But the play calls, <laughs> I think, were terrible. Uh, direct runs from the gun, I think it was yeah. bad calls. Um, Glasgow thought five, it was a throw. Timeout, mm-hmm. we dial our best play up, you get it or you don't get it. I feel like that's the time where you put it in your best player's yeah. hands. Yeah, um, I understand that completely. Yeah. I think he's fucked either way, unless he picks up the first down and goes. Yeah. They don't get a kickoff down one, I think everybody's judging him for it. And maybe not everybody. Conversation's definitely on yeah. Russell, mm-hmm. especially because the one-inch line mm-hmm. multiple times. But I think as a head coach, you'd see a lot of people like, his decision-making obviously is Could've this and that. Yeah, yeah, like that whole... It's an interesting game. I think you got to go with Russell Wilson you personally. Go. You saw Day Ball in New York. Go. Let's get it to Saquon and mm-hmm. yeah. let him figure it out. Yeah. It was too. It wasn't drawn up perfect. They didn't dial it up, but Saquon threw a dude off, put his head down, ran over two more guys, and got in the end zone. And if he didn't get it, Day Ball's hey, an idiot. I, yeah. I know you're not an idiot. You gave twenty. He was having a great game. You gave him an opportunity to win the game. We lost it. I think you next week. Yeah, this is. Um, this is the first and goal of Saquon, obviously. Good, good to see him back out there. He's the NFC team. Offensive Player of the uh, Week. Yep. They were giving out the awards. Saquon was absolutely balling. But I think in the world that we're in, and I'm only saying this because, you know, we have to watch everybody talk about it. Unless they pick up a first down, go on and score, which Russell Wilson has done in the past on a regular basis, you know, marching down the field, making a play at the mm-hmm. end. He's a, he's a player. I think – Hack, it's probably getting bashed regardless. Yeah, I mean, you know, I honestly believe especially that. Especially because there's such 50-50 plays like we talked about yesterday with McDaniel on fourth and seven. If he doesn't get that and the Patriots score and then the momentum shifts. But like Hackett saying, yeah, the plan was 46, and then they get to the 46, and then instead of calling timeout and checking, it was like he started to panic even though his plan was <laughs> to get you call timeout, though, you leave more time on the clock for them to come back after he makes a 64-yarder. But also, if they don't get it, then there's more than 40 seconds on the clock. You can still use those two timeouts like he did sure. in maybe at least get a punt the other way. Because there's like 58 seconds, right? You call a timeout. Three timeouts. Yeah, if you don't get the ball, then there's probably, what, 50 seconds left? You probably get at least a punt. Because if that, if that man, if that's in Denver, maybe I feel like it's more of a 50 50 on a 64 yard kick because you got no stats say it's much lower. Yeah. <laughs> stats say it's much lower. I, I don't give a fuck what the stats say. No, they say like you're never gonna make that 64 yard. The stats oh. are saying like no chance of making that 64 yard. Yeah. It's like one of the last whatever 50. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can see him eight of 69. Eight six, yeah, I, I can in Denver, I can see. Brandon making that. So in Denver, does that ball stay straight a little bit longer because mm-hmm. it's traveling Cater a little air. further yeah. and it's going in there? <sighs> Hell of a hit. Anyways, let's get to a break. Let's learn football on the other side. Nathaniel Hackett's learning what life is like as a head coach. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Mm-hmm. Right. Monday Night Football in a hornet's nest yeah. Yeah, of Seattle. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. Uh-huh. Opening week. Peyton inadvertently. Yeah. Just putting a massive Washington. spotlight on. <laughs> yeah. 62 times. Yeah. That's I'm what I'm saying. It's not, a, it's not like that's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Telling you, obviously, to hack, was, hack let's think about it. He's telling you, like, hey, let's yeah. think about it. Literally, you see the thought process. It was, what, three Hall of Famers up there? I'll put Eli in the Hall of Fame. So you got Shannon, Eli, and Peyton. They're all saying the same thing. It's probably the, the route you should have won. 
Ball goes through though. He's a genius. Yeah, yeah. true. And that's football. Ball yeah. goes through. They still got Gino. Still got what? Fifteen seconds. Oh, it was only fifteen. Yeah, that's oh, why he was oh. running it down. Yeah. So that's why I think he ran it down. He thought that ball's going in. They only got fifteen seconds. Get back in field goal range. Would have been up two. Scores zero right. points in the second. He's putting a lot of faith in McManus. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Which. Fifth was a fifth. I'm with. Yeah. Big brain stuff. We can't thank Darius Butler enough for what he just did. Can't wait to watch that back later and become an even smarter human being. The Toxic Table is here. At Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. One half of the hammer. Dad. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. Darius Butler, who just did everything DB live in studio, broke down some film is live here. And joining us now from an attic in Ohio, a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, AJ Hawk. What's up, D-Butt? Hey, that was awesome, man. I just got to see all that. I love it. Yeah, hey. Appreciate you, man. Honestly, AJ, like, I think that type of shit would never get the amount of time it's needed to have a conversation with. And now that we have rights and we have the ability to say, yeah, let's fucking do it, I'm really excited we did that. Thank you, D-Butt. Appreciate you, Pat. It's going to be a game changer. What was the big learning curve there, we think? We think communication's a big fucking deal. Communication's always key, and that's why we spend so much pre-snap. time. Pre-snap. Yeah, pre-snap communication, but even before you go into games, like, before, like, as soon as that week starts, like, when you're playing against these star players who kind of change the math on offense, like we have, we can't just go out and say, "Hey, we're gonna run our shit." Like, no, we gotta stop this guy and make somebody else beat us. Kind of like Pittsburgh did. Jamar made some plays, obviously late, but for the most part, like, all right, we're not gonna let Jamar um, beat us. Somebody else does. So it's a lot of communication, a lot of kind of finagling coverages, and that's why it's tough to know exactly what people are playing or exactly what, because you don't know what the adjustments that are made on the sidelines and meeting rooms. Um, but that's where pros. Become Come pros, and we'll see a lot more of that in your segment that uh, will debut. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait for that. Thank you, DB, for joining us. AJ, do you feel like you got smarter? I assume, you know, some guys on that particular film that we just watched are hearing the same thing in the meeting room, but it was nice to kind of, I feel like, wait till I drop a high school cover three (laughs) reference. You know what I mean? I feel smarter, AJ. Well, that's what I wanted to ask D, but on there with that cut split from Jefferson on the on the back side, like in the boundary, wouldn't you want to check to? If I don't know what the rules are there in Green Bay, but I want to pass that off. I'm telling, I want to, I'm signaling instantly over there to Rasul Douglas. Hey, man, these guys are coming. Let's cross. Yeah, pass this. that's tough to do when when it when it's three extended. If you wind it back, Foxy. Yeah. Like, uh, remember that uh, Philly play with Devin Allen running down mm-hmm. the field? It was like, all right, that's the, when there's two out there, that's when you can swap it off. You can zombie, you kind of vacate the middle of the field to safety, and that backside corner goes. But when it's three receivers, that's tougher to do. I honestly only seen one team, one secondary do it, and I think it was um, Denver Broncos would like to leave Chris Harris, Roby. Like, those guys, like, but once again, that's something they probably talked about on Thursday. We get this set. This is something they like. So if we get this, we're passing this shit out because we're not about to tear our hands. See, but how would uh, we know uh, Legion of Boom? They were a big cover three team. How would they have played that? Oh, so they used to insert uh, Cam Chancellor or you know have KJ right, whoever had that weak hook, and that's that's kind of was the game changer with them. And they also had Earl Thomas, who you know was a great. You got to run with it, right? Yeah. I know. In the, no, they passing that, that off. Those corners, like Richard Sherman's not running with that shit. Like he's. No, I mean your weak hook. Don't you like yeah. backside of a weak hook? Don't you have to carry? You carry anything coming back across? Yep. So he he would he would take that. He would take that, and he'll be fine. But it, the Legion of Boom, they were so dialed in once again. So the the Broncos, their secondary, they were dialed in from the man to man standpoint, where they knew they were going to get difficult things, stacks, bunches, motions. The uh, Seahawks, they knew everybody knew coming into the building they're going to be playing some type of cover three. But they would switch it up. Sometimes they would insert. We're uh, talking about the Earl. Super Bowl right now? 
Uh, just that team, just that secondary in general. Yeah, because also Seattle Seahawks, Legion of Boom, they were so incredibly smart. Yeah. They knew all the fucking signals too, right? Yeah. They, they knew. They knew. But they didn't, it was just how they run their shit. That, they were more so, when you run that zone stuff, it's more so about you and how we're going. Because you know how you're going to get attacked. Man to they man. mastered it. They didn't yeah. care. Like They mastered exactly. what they were going to do. They knew, hey, offense knows what we're going to do. Yep. Hey, we're so damn good at it, you're not going to score. Perfect transition into what we got a chance to chat about in the first hour. And AJ, we haven't heard your take yet. Pete Carroll went on to mm-hmm. sport, or Seattle Sports Podcast, <laughs> Seattle Sports YouTube, and broke down why the game the other day meant a little bit more, especially for the guys that had played with Russell Wilson. You could almost hear in Pete Carroll's voice that he was like yeah this guy told all of us that we weren't good enough to win and we did this whole thing he said there's a legends community of guys that all deserve to be in there and i assume he's referencing the legion of boom as well and people that have done a lot in the past and they had a lot of pride in what we've done here in seattle were you surprised to hear that podcast that answer from pete carroll and how should we judge the good man brand himself, Russell Wilson, going forward. <laughs> Honestly, how, it's just weird. I'm in, a, I'm in a little bit of a blender right now, AJ, on my whole thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was a little bit surprised to hear, but I think we all know exactly how Pete Carroll feels. Like, hey, this is a team. Whatever happened with he and Russ and everything, like it feels like we're all over here. We're a squad. We're a team. We're a unit. And Russ is over there. That's like what it feels like right now. And it, it, it must have felt like that the last couple of years he was in Seattle. I, I would imagine. Right? It just feels like everything that's and we ran in the first hour. I don't know what stats and analytics tell us. We've probably been past the average duration of watch time. Our average watch time is like 48 minutes or something. Did we do that more than 48 minutes ago? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll run. <laughs> Stats tell us that we should run this video again. And this is new real, audience. Look at this real good production. That's right. Oh, yeah. Really good. Uh, how many? There's almost 50,000 people watching. Once again, asking you why, but thankful that you did. I know why. You ain't. Hey. I ain't seen that. You're why. (laughs) You are why. I hope you know that. Mm -hmm. We appreciate the hell out of you. Let's run the Seattle Sports Podcast. Pete Carroll answer to Mike Malk and uh, Brock Heward chatting about the game on Monday night where Denver and Russell Wilson rode their Broncos back into Seattle to a chorus of boos and inevitably a loss to Pete Carroll and the boys. I didn't need the validation. I just wanted it. I just wanted to win. You know, I wanted to win for every, all of the reasons that, that, that come along with this one. Uh, maybe as much as anything is representing the guys that have played before. It meant a lot to those guys. And uh, um, I was so thrilled to, to be able to hug those guys up and see them and look them in the eye. And, Why did and, it mean and, so and much show. to them? Yeah, you figure that out. They, they, um, <laughs> but it was really hey, meaningful, that's big. and they yeah. really wanted it. And uh, I knew we were playing for a lot more than just the regular stuff and, and uh you know, we have a um, what were you playing for we we have a real <laughs> connection with, that, with the history of, and the legend i don't do we have a legends a, a legends group that those guys would fit into yeah they, that they all belong in it you know and and uh they feel it and they love the fact that they played here and they love the, seeing us do well and and in this night they they realized what you know there was a, a big opportunity and and they uh and a big statement to be made you know um you know, the game isn't about an individual player here okay. or there. It's about team. This is the ultimate team sport, for, and it's been That's stated it right so there. many times before. It takes everybody. And, and uh, sometimes when so much focus goes, you know, it, it just, you know, it just rubs guys wrong, I guess, or whatever. But uh, um, I'm thrilled that, that we won that game. Uh, incredible conversation between Brock Heward, Mike Salk, 
and Pete Carroll there. We only heard a minute and eight seconds of it. I assume the entire conversation's worth a listen. Shout out to the Seattle Sports Podcast there on YouTube. AJ, whenever you hear that, though, it's hard not to be like, oh, they hated that fucking guy. And they were... How long did they? I don't know how long this was going on while he was still there. Like, this didn't just pop up out of nowhere. What was that? Team 3 got real mouthy. What was that? Two, two off-seasons ago, <laughs> yeah, right? COVID. Yeah. COVID, COVID, COVID off-season. Team 3 was saying the <laughs> offensive line ain't good. Team 3 was saying the offense isn't going to make him be a top five quarterback of all time. Team three was thinking that they were going to take all the heat and babyface Russ was going to stay in the building at least. And we talked about how, remember when it was happening, we're like, well, these offensive linemen certainly heard this. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like everybody in the room. First thing you said. Yeah, certainly heard this. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. We fucking stink. But yeah, we'll, you know what, you're right. We'll battle through not being able to walk for four days of the week, being offensive linemen just in general, to help save you. And let's get you top five, pal. Like, that's what we're here for. Not to win games, not to get playoff bonuses, not to create a legacy. But, yeah, we're not good enough to protect you. Like, that was my first reaction. Like, oh, the locker room's going to be like, hey, fuck this guy. And then those first couple of days of training camp, they were on press conferences going, all is good. All is good. Always had to be from them then, AJ. Don't you think? Had to be. If not before then. I mean, I'm sure it was trickling out before that, too. Like, things were getting weird. I just don't, like, what, it, what is it? It's all, like, the individual stuff. It sounds like they're they're pissed that he felt like he wasn't a part of the team or he was trying to separate himself from the team. Well, Team 3 is his team of itself. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's have team a little fucking respect team. for the arm doctor, sure. uh, the hand coach, mm-hmm. spiritual for, healer, the spiritual yeah. healer, the tweeter, the yep. poster, mm-hmm. the Instagram. Peloton. Peloton. The gas mask while he's riding the bike. The cardio person, yeah, it's yep. cardio person. Cardio yeah. Peloton specialist. So that's a team. Nail filer. It is about that team. Yeah. But it's also about the Seattle Seahawks, which I think the Seahawks were trying to say, like, hey, man, we're not just here to make you better. We're not just here. We're here to make the entire team better. And those anonymous stories that were leaking when that was all getting ugly. Yeah. Remember, he stormed out of a fucking meeting with Pete Carroll. Yep. Told him he didn't want to do it anymore or something like that. Like, there was some real beef, I think. Well, and I think that's what led credence to when we were talking about John Schneider, remember, went up to Trey Lance's pro day, and they were talking about Russ maybe getting – because we were saying, like, hey, with, yeah, with all this stuff going on with his linemen, like, how, how does this guy go play for the Seahawks next year? And, you know, Seattle fans were pissed because it was like, no, he, he loves the city and all that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if all it got to a boiling point. Then they were like, all right, fuck it. Like, let's go – let's draft someone this year. Let's get this guy the fuck out of here. Like, I can't do this anymore. And ultimately – deal kinda, wasn't it, to be and they, they couldn't happen. But I think it was right then and there. It's like, all right. We got one more year, this fucking guy, and then let's get him the hell out of here. So Team 3 made those statements 10 minutes before Russ went on Dan Patrick, remember? Yeah. Legendary yeah. Dan. It's all coming back to me right now. Like, as you're talking, <laughs> and I do apologize. I should have done more research, but welcome to the program. So <laughs> it's all coming back to me. That statement was released. Then, uh, like, tag team, Russ goes on Dan Patrick's show. Mm-hmm. Russ didn't deny any of it, no. but he didn't promote any of it either. It was almost like... Uh, yeah, there's some things you think about whenever you're blah, 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 and they're saying that, not him. And it was like, oh, they really hate each other. Then the anonymous stories, it's been ugly for a while, and I think the Seahawks fans had sensed it internally, too. They might have been yelling at us for talking about projecting it. Projecting, they were, Yeah, they, they were projecting, exactly. Yeah. They knew what the fuck was going on, and it was all experience on Monday night. What a win for ESPN, Huge. ESPN2, yeah. and ESPN+. Plus. I guess their ratings are up. I don't know how many percent from last year, but it's a lot. They put out a tweet about ratings yeah. being up. Congrats to them. What a storyline going into the first Monday Night Football with Joe and Troy's era. Yeah, and I think it was a great uh, broadcast. I went back and forth between the Manning cast and then the, you know, the regular cast. But when did you turn off the Manning cast? <laughs> uh, I turned it back on when Shannon came on. Uh, I, you know what? You know what, Joe McHale? I don't have anything against 
uh, Mikael. But it's just when it, when it when get, when guests are on there, I kind of just want the guests to just kind of just watch football with yep. Peyton and Eli. Like that's for me, and I know for different yes. people, it's different strokes, different folks. For me. Football. I love actually seeing even Russ. Russell Wilson was probably Tom one was of awesome. the top Russ three guests awesome. on there because you just huh. hear him talk through the process. You see what they're thinking. Um, like seeing Shannon Sharp, what he was thinking, seeing Eli Payton. So that's what I'm tuning in for. So once, you know, Mikel came on, I just went back to, you know, Joe. Play college ball. Joe and Archie. Yeah, the tight end in Washington. He's Mary a to, legend in Mary Seattle. Married to Chelsea Haley. 20 touchdowns his junior year. Dude, he yeah. fucking oh, loves wow. football. He's a star. Yeah, that's awesome. Would have been a first rounder. Hey, shoot. I am Joel McHale fan. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, the very suit. good brain. Funny <laughs> all the time. Does feel like he's potentially for the whites. Yeah, does. If does. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. I, I would have uh, community. Community. Donald Glover and him. Come on, Chevy Chase. Yeah. You ever seen Atlanta? Donald Glover's yeah. in it. Seen that. He's a yeah. rapper too. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, Childish, what are we doing like, here? Bam. Yeah. We're talking, talking about, about Joel McHale. Never saw Community. Hey, you weren't in the office before the show. Yeah. Darius, what he said when Joe McHale, I was asked, I said, did you watch the Manning cast? Till that Jack guy came yeah. on. Yeah. So, so disrespectful. He never heard of him. Never heard of him before. I ever. looked him up well, after. Yeah. He had like three million followers on Twitter, so he's got to yeah. be a pretty big deal. Yeah, we're he good, good about run. him. I mean, You'd just, love the soup, Darius. You'd love it. He was very good. Good brain. Yeah. Good brain on that guy. Mm-hmm. Very funny. He doesn't really do anything anymore, though, does he? Except for Manning Cast every once in a while? Yeah, now he's stand-up. Stand up. Yeah. Really? I bet you it's fucking yeah, good. Sure. I bet you he's very good. good life. He hosts a lot of stuff. I think he's like this tall, too. Yeah, he's like 6'4". Big four. son of a bitch. Tight end. He's like oh, Dan Campbell. End, yeah. Wasn't he in Ted? Yeah, he was in Ted. He had uh, Lance Armstrong's nut. Yeah. yeah. So what we're saying is you should have gave Joel a shot, maybe. I, hey, he's a great guy, but, you know... <laughs> It's football time. <laughs> that was the end of my week one. I had a, I had a parlay. I was sweating. Uh, Did it hit? I was, no, it didn't. Hey, listen. Of course. Fumble at the one-yard line. Fumble at the one-yard line. And certain just freaking strapped DK all night. So. We should celebrate this, though. Certain you had sweet. a same-game parlay yep. promoted on number one sportsbook in America. Yep. Let's go. Hey, 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 hey should have hit. Come on. Let's go. It was right there. We always got next week. So what, what I'm saying is, though, you're going to do much better than we do. I won't let you know because you've got a bigger brain than us. You mm-hmm. just that you prove that every matter. single day of your life. And whenever this whole thing happened, this public projection of bet alongside of us thing, <laughs> it can wear on you. Yeah, yeah. tough. Yeah. It can get a little emotionally yeah. tough. You know what I mean? It can Because last year, we had 20-some million dollars in wins away from FanDuel. Ooh. And Tom Brady took two knees. At the end of the game, mm-hmm. his rush went from over two and a half yards or whatever to under two and a half yards to like one and a half or something like that on the fucking kneel down at the end of the game. I remember almost breaking my phone thinking about it. Yeah, we were that close numerous times. Michael Pittman, like 13 mm-hmm. yards away from receiving yards against the Jets last oh, year, yeah. we had to stay for the whole game, had to stick around for the whole thing. It was a blowout. blowout. He's running, he gets a uh-huh. shoestring tackle, doesn't make it on the way out of the stadium. We just beat the Jets by fucking whatever 40. Killed him. It was awesome. We're walking out of the stadium. Oh, anybody saying, <laughs> Sorry, didn't hit that. Seven more yards. Hey, the so sorry, man. Yeah. The boo. Sorry. I'm like, Oh, yeah. Lee. That's tough. Fucking Super Bowl. Joe. Burrow, mm-hmm. he picks up like three more yards rushing. Maybe yeah. even on that last play, Aaron Donald pushes him and he stumbles ahead. Fifty-three million dollars in wins in the amount of people that are riding alongside of yeah. us, three yards away. Scotty Miller too, half a yard. I'm pretty sure. Scotty yeah, Miller, half a yard. So what I'm saying is, D, but I was excited to see you up there. 
because God damn it, we need you to win some of these. Please. Yes. Because every time we put them up there, they are great bets. It makes sense. Yep. Everything should hit. They're long odds too. So people that are new to gambling don't fully understand. Yeah. Like no, a plus eight hundred is a massive bet. Like that, that's why you're getting eight to one odds because yep. how hard it is going to be to hit. But we've been so close, so heartbreaking. We need you to come through for all Football. of us. Hey, anything happened on Sunday, but I'm going to put together some good ones. And I think I'm going to eliminate like the outcome of the actual game. I'm staying away from the spread. Smart. Man. I'm sticking with the props, touchdown score, yardage. So um, I think we'll be all right. Hey, that's year. good. Hey, that's good strategy. Yeah, there you go. Bad. Already back to the drawing board. Just remember yeah. that it's uh, it's what have you done for me lately? Because if you hit one week and then you don't hit the next, they will be out for blood no matter what. Oh, that's yeah. the hey, so we do, do not care. Hey, what have you done we for do me lately? Leave. We understand we're all on one game contracts, aren't we? Yep. One day contracts. One bet yeah. contract. To your point, Pat. Um, and uh, plus 800 bet has a uh, 98.7% chance of failing. There you go. There you go. Not when everybody's riding alongside you, though, AJ. Wow. That motherfucker Always. better be a hundo. <laughs> gamble uh, responsibly. Yes, right. absolutely gamble responsibly. And Fando will only let you bet an amount that's safe for you. That's why the regulations are what they are, and that's why it's legal in some states and not in others because they have to get all that regu- uh, regulatory yeah, shit figured out for it all. And however much you bet, like you're not able to jump out of that out of nowhere. Like, oh, I'm putting my mortgage on this. I like it. And then all Good. of a sudden I'm getting my fucking arm broken mm-hmm. uh, by somebody. It's not like that. Like you can't do that with Fando. So they almost force you to bet responsibly but you certainly should remember that so don't be betting you know max bets on plus like two thousand bets maybe. Yeah, not and smart. expect them to hit on the same things like i think this is all an entire process yeah. though but you're gonna be muting a lot of accounts that's what i'm telling you Naturally. oh yeah as somebody that's gone through this now a couple yeah. times you're gonna be muting a lot of people because there's a lot of people that got figured fuck out remember super wild card weekend when we all uh had our Each individual same game parlays we were all so close. They all didn't hit. Yeah. I mean, those parlays look so good before. They Every time, so tasty, <laughs> so yeah. Especially now that I just got this full cover three, high school cover yeah. three. Yeah, exactly. I know I'm gonna everything. have it all figured out. I'm gonna have it all yeah. figured out. And then all of a sudden, first drive down, it's like, what? I can't stop it. I, mean, I thought, <laughs> I thought literally, that's what we were doing. I, I, thought that's, I thought that's actually what we were here for. So enjoy it. We're proud of you, though, man. Keep killing it, brother. There's some more news. Nathaniel Hackett addressed what happened at the end of the game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Broncos. He basically said, did not expect to get to field goal range. We got to field goal range. We won for it. If I could do it, I would have gone for it again. Darius, pretty strong opinions in the first hour about how it's fourth and five. You paid this guy two hundred and some million dollars. Now, that drive, they started on 25. Yes. How much time did they have left? Uh, four minutes, and they ran 10 plays for like 35 yards. Yeah. So they were not moving that much. Hadn't scored that many points in the game as a whole. So maybe that goes into it. This is what Nathaniel Hackett had. Yeah, an inch, 14 points. Two plays. Two One fumbles. Inch, two fumbles. <laughs> doesn't matter. The fumble technically doesn't matter because the ball's going the other way anyways. But nonetheless, this far away from fucking 14 points and covering. And yeah, covering. And, covering. And, our, and our bat hitting. Yep. Which... To yeah. our point from to reiterate, earlier, there's a lot of fuckery <laughs> oh, yeah. that seems to happen around these publicly placed bets. This is what Nathaniel Hackett had to say about the decision he made at the end of the game to let the clock run while Peyton Manning said, got a call time out here 62 times on ESPN2. <laughs> got to run nothing? You know, looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Um, just not, not, you know, one of those things you look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. Um, but in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. Uh, we were third and 15, I think, third and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it to lose yards, to be able to, you know, 
getting that there would have definitely uh, been better to be able to call that same play and get extra yards. But um, he dumps it out to Javante. Javante makes a move, goes a lot farther than I think we had anticipated. We were expecting to go for it on fourth down. And then you hit the mark, you know, the mark that we had all set before we started. We said uh, 46 yards, 46 yard line was where we wanted to be. And uh, we got there. So we had to make the decision if we wanted to give it to, uh, you know, Brandon. And we did. And it didn't work. It sucks. But hey, that's part of it. Uh, that's part of it. That's being the head coach. AJ, your reaction to his thoughts there? I'm okay with him being honest and, and letting us know that. I, it's tough to, when coaches take a stand or nope, never wouldn't change a thing. Never would do anything <laughs> different. Like, I, I like that he was honest with us. Talking about Neil Brown. Coach Brown. <laughs> well, let's give him Talk about Brown. There you go, Coach. Yeah, I mean, Brown. coaches are humans too, man. He'll be out soon. You're talking about Coach Neil Brown? What about him? He wouldn't change anything, would he? Ever. Damn right. Except for the final score, maybe. Change something when he's coaching high school next year, but. <laughs> oh, come on. Come no, on. I've been doing my research. He's probably going back to Troy, pal. Oh, he's, he's going to Troy? If he's not going to West Virginia, he's probably going back to Troy. Whenever he was there, 10 win seasons. Now that he's not sure. there, they're not winning. They would love to get Neil Brown back. And I think, you know, Neil Brown would be fantastic coaching anywhere. Yeah, and after Saturday, <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Troy's going to lose by 50. You're damn right. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Upstate's top. Play me team. some mountain music. Like grandma and grandpa used to play. I guess that's a song down there that they sing out in the middle of this fucking mountains of App State. Can't wait to get there, dude. It's going to be awesome. Hour some drive from airport, winding through the hills to Gorgeous. get to this place. Beautiful views. I'm going to be You'll get a chopper. Yeah, Dramamine. I'm not getting a chopper. I'm going to experience it. I want to experience the hills of North Carolina, you know? And then when we pop up um, in App State, I can't wait to see them. I'm very, very excited to get there. It's going to take me back to Morgantown. Hell yeah. It's probably going to be sweet, too, driving through everything, and then boom, just a massive, you know, university's campus in a little town. So It's supposed to be a beautiful Saturday, too. Oh, I can't. It's, going, it's always oh, going to be beautiful. What's the game? Anton. App State Troy. Oh, okay. Ever heard of it? Fucking, you ever hear of the Fun Belt? <laughs> the Thumb Belt? Fun, fun Belt. Fun. Oh, uh, yeah, somebody, absolutely. Troy, yeah. had, they put some dogs out. Demarcus, Demarcus Ward. State. Ward. I mean, they, you, pay, you give them that check, they're going to come there. Beat your yeah, ass. It's a 50-50. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> they actually got college game day from Texas A&M whenever they beat Texas A&M last mm. week because I believe the plan was probably, they don't tell me shit, once again, bottom of the totem pole just got there yeah. last week. I don't know if, if this was announced or not, but assumed Miami's going to Texas A&M yeah. this weekend. So I think game day had, oh, yeah. I think everybody had their eyes like, bam, yeah. there is the game for week two. Then App State comes in against all those paid guys, gets a win, gets a check, goes back home, and game day's never been to App State. It's like, why not? feels Let's like this would be the right State. play. Let's fucking yeah. do this. I guess they're expecting it to be. Is Kurt going to A&M, or is he doing the App State game? Uh, I assume, I don't he know. has got to be doing it. A&M. You would think yeah. it would be A&M Miami still. So he'd have to yeah, play. the ESPN game is 9 o'clock, Miami and Texas A&M. Yeah. So that would be where o'clock. he is heading. Except for ABC is Michigan State at Washington. Does he do the ABC one? Probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, especially because they're putting Joe and Troy on ABC. Country. He's flying across the country again. So next Monday, yeah, next Monday they're putting him they're putting Joe and Troy on ABC, even though that game isn't the they got Titans Bills, I think. Yeah. And that's on ESPN. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other games on ABC Eagles Vikings. Eagles Vikings on ABC. Good Two good games, but they got Joe and Troy on ABC. They got Dan Orlovsky on <laughs> Okay, Dan O on ESPN yeah, yeah. with uh Titans Bills, that should be incredible. So Herb, well. Herb Street debut Thursday night football debut is tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, so then he's he, so Kirk Herb Street yep. is in Kansas City tomorrow for Justin uh, Herbert Patrick Mahomes, yep. 
Then he's traveling to App State for college game day in App State, which they're saying is going to be fucking electrifying. They're saying it's going to be crazy in there. Then he's hopping on a plane, flying to Washington. Is that where he's flying, you think? That's where ABC is, at Washington, Michigan State, at Washington. That's a six hour. He's not going to make it. Seven hour flight? He'll make it. Yeah, wait, how is he getting a couple hours back? How is that the game, though? What do you mean? Are either of them top 25 or just Michigan, Michigan? State's 11? Washington's 2 0. Go Green. Just Texas ain't in Miami feels like. No, you can't say that. It was. It was Pretty <laughs> racist to Foxy back there. Oh, did you hear that, Darius? I didn't. I missed it. Yeah, go Green. Oh. Go White. Whoa. Whoa. No. Whoa. Did you hear Whoa. that, Darius? Hey, hey, don't do God. that. I got no problem with that. Yeah, look at that. I, I, put Foxy, I put Foxy in so many hilarious situations. <laughs> we'll be walking through, like, at, we were at, like, an airport. That was airport. back whenever we used to fly commercial. Ew. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's impossible to fly to Indianapolis. I would. It'd be much uh, more efficient for our business. Uh, It'd be much more efficient for everything, it's but it's tough. just not possible. It's just tough. not possible. But maybe someday we'll be. We'll be walking through a group, and we'll just see, like, a large group of people mm-hmm. just getting ready and uh, just kind of direct myself in there. I'm like, hey, Foxy, go green! You know, loud. Gotta and say it back. He's got a screen, go white. And he's Have not the only to. one. There's normally like two or three other yeah. whites in there. <laughs> go white. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I might be a little alarmed that if I just heard you out of nowhere. You know, check over my shoulder. Uh, Jerry Jones says, I've seen David slay the giant. And I don't know if he got a picture book of the Bible or if he's actually seen this happen. But Jerry Jones is chit-chatting about miracles and the whole season and maybe turn around with Dak Prescott. Jerry Jones' message to Cowboys fans who already think the season is over. I've seen David slay the giant. Now, Jerry Jones is old. I'm not sure if he was actually around when, uh, you know, James yeah. and the Giants peach took place. Or whatever. Good movie. But I think, honestly, Jerry Jones, uh, his mantra of all news is good news that Mike McCarthy told us, I think Jerry has no other option other than being like Jackie Moon, Every week is the Mega Bowl. Every week, something good's going to happen. This is great. That's how he views life, I assume. That's how he views business. Just everything's good. Listen, there's so many metaphors of the past of a small team overcoming the big team or the big obstacle getting slayed in front of us. I mean, I fucking seen David slay a Goliath. And it's like, well, did you see that, actually, Jerry? And can we elaborate a little bit more? But I appreciate that he's still on the up and up. And Cooper Cush Rush, as Mick calls him, maybe he's able to win a couple games for the Dallas Cowboys in their back in this thing when Dak gets healthy. I sure hope so. I mean, he's really putting the, putting the squeeze on Dak. I know Dak will be back as fast as he possibly can, <laughs> but you're getting surgery on your throwing hand thumb. Yeah. And Dak and Jerry, your owner's saying you're going to be back in four weeks. Isn't that what Jerry's trying to say? As a quarterback, too. I mean, can you toss me that football? Your thumb, yeah, yeah. too. is like How long till you get like the feeling back in his thumb after surgery? Too? So if you if you see the way humans are created, you know, they talk about the opposable thumb being a big deal. Sure. Huge. Now, big there, deal. there are apes and such that have them. They just don't have big enough brain to figure out how to do all the fucked up shit we have the ability to do. Now, you watch any documentaries on them, you're looking in the eyes of something that's very similar to you motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Same look, same everything seems like they do things similar fashions we do but obviously very different species never came from them never even close to them obviously the opposable thumbs a big deal and whenever you're throwing a football you see that is all by its goddamn self here yeah. you break your pointer finger guess what you can do you can have that taped you can kind of lift it a little bit gonna probably throw a duck but you're still gonna be able to get the ball off. you break your middle finger mallet finger this happened with russell wilson Taysom hill last year you can tape that and you can lift that off there pinky finger all these other things no problem the thumbs all by its goddamn self so unless that is coming back after four yeah. weeks and he's spinning the thing sideways like right. that I have no idea how four weeks for a thumb especially with something at six to eight weeks for a quarterback is possible 
I've fucking seen David slay a Goliath, though, Darius, and that's kind of where the world Jerry Jones lives in, I guess. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that. Not, not put him on IR, which obviously would make make him miss at least four games. I, I don't I don't understand that move either. Mm-hmm. Cooper Rush, he did beat Minnesota what, last year. Yep, mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, so, I mean, they, you know, Dallas, they get maybe two wins, uh, maybe, you know, even one. It'll be all right. It's still a long season, man, 12, 11 games when Dak comes back. But – I mean, I'm, it's ain't no David and – this is the Cowboys. Like, this is the, it's the most valuable franchise in the – sports franchise in the world. Like, you got to – even when Dak was out there, the product didn't look good. The offense didn't look good. So, they got a lot of um, issues in Dallas right what now. What is the deal, AJ? Mike McCarthy can't get the boys going, doesn't know what the fuck he's doing anymore. What do you think it is? I don't know what it is, man. Like, they just – especially like, offensively, they just look like they can't – I don't know. They haven't figured anything out yet, and they can't put a full game together. We know that they – They've looked good at times, and then something always happens, and like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. We got a video from Stephen A. Smith's living room coming. This team is dead. What were you going to say, Colin? Well, it's probably tough, too, just because, you know, last year when they opened the season against Tampa, they put up 28 points, and their offense looked unbelievable. So it feels like the pieces that they lost actually are going to affect, you know, C.D. Lamb and their entire offense because they looked – Really good, one of the best offenses in the league. It felt like at the beginning. And then the defense looked. The defense looked good. Yeah, mm-hmm. defense. Michael, they looked good, and they, you know, they were keeping them to field goals and not touchdowns. But that offense, man, it, it was tough, ugly to watch. Speaking of ugly to watch, that's been the Detroit Lions for years now. Oh yeah, yeah. just no fun. Everybody's miserable. What the fuck are we doing? You got fans dropping other fans immediately after Week One this past week out <laughs> yeah. in a corridor. We're talking straight punches to mouths, mm-hmm. just battling. Oh. Battling Battling, <laughs> battling, boom, bang, take a seat, Wait, blindside is, shots. Is Detroit on Detroit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How do you know who you're fighting? MCDC's going to uh, be sick. What you say about Kid Rock? I believe this is just recognizable <laughs> figures uh, is who you don't swing at because old buddy kind of breaks it up. Then he comes back in again and gets another shot at Big White here at the end. Bang, there's another one down on the ground. Jeez. And none of the guys who's down friends come back and swing on this guy. So I think it's a lot of casuals, maybe two sure. groups, kind of a smaller group. Who's <laughs> This guy. Fucked? Yeah, that's, that's, that's drunk white at the end. <laughs> Till I collapse is playing really loud. What if someone just sucker punched him right in the side of the head? Yeah, well, sure. I thought... Oh, he deserved two, it. Let's be honest. Oh, wait till <laughs> the, What if it was like a wait for it video and that guy does get cleaned up at the end? What if it was just a full... Where the hell was TJ lying at? Seriously, there he is right there. TJ would have taken everybody out. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if any of these people wanted to see TJ laying out there. I don't think no he has way. any friends on either side. Real quick. That's uh, yeah. Before in, or after the game. That's an independent party coming in and hitting <laughs> him with a pain train, and that would be the TJ Lang train. This is after the game, <laughs> oh, okay. I would assume. Or maybe it's a lot of people going in with a lot of energy. They go in, they lose. They were still in it, though. For the first time, though, in 24 games, I believe is the case. First time in 24 games, they are favored. Yeah, Detroit Lions, underdogs in 24 straight games, are favored to win against the Washington Commanders this weekend. The Lions streak is the team's longest in the Super Bowl era. That's via Eric Woodyard. They showed a lot of fight against the Eagles, came back late. I believe they have the second most touchdowns in the NFL this season behind the Chiefs. Bingo. That's a stat that Foxy was kind of toting around here. Does that (laughs) matter? Probably not. Seemed like it was a lot of trash yards at the end against a team that thought they had it locked up and they almost didn't. How do you feel about this game and how do you feel about the 
Lions getting respect for the first time in a long time, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, man. I think people are legit taking the, the Lions somewhat serious now. I really do. Like, don't don't you feel like the tide is turning? Like, we're saying, hey, we got a team here. We got a team in Detroit. Foxy, it has to feel that way because normally you guys are just a delusional bunch in Detroit saying 10-7 and, yeah. and a playoff <laughs> win. But Hard Knocks, MCDC, mm-hmm. I think Deuce Daly being introduced to the world as one of the yeah. Lions coach, people are like, I think this guy will figure it out. How do you feel about now the world likes you, Foxy? This is a new era yeah, for football. I absolutely love it. And last week, was the first time Ford Field sold out since 2019. So it's just another oh. thing to add to the list. People love the Lions. People are ready to go. And the city's been behind them finally for the first time in a while. Bandwagon How fans? about this? Sell out? Sell out? Okay? Mm-hmm. Give Calvin Johnson a big check for the exact amount of money yeah. at halftime. Don't yes. do that. Just give him the big check right at halftime. People Say, hey, go not going to happen. Let's get this curse out of here. Yeah. Let's just give him the fucking check. Yeah. They the sold curse. out. You know how much money they made from selling all those tickets out? Yeah. You know how much money they're going to make from the beer sales for all these people what? that are fighting each other? Yeah, just fucking take one fourteenth of what you're going to make on Sunday, give the money back to Calvin, get rid of the fucking curse, and move on with it all. Yeah. I like it. Sounds good. I'm Very, happy for the Lions, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very how happy. How big a favor? Uh, probably point a and a half, point. half yeah. a point. That really speaks volumes to Carson Wentz, too, doesn't it? What's your problem? Well, that's the thing. I'm tired of everybody attacking me about <laughs> what this show. Get five touchdowns this game. Yeah, Carl played really four well. Yeah, yeah, four. Yeah, I'm nuking the comedy. He MVP. also tried his damnedest to give that game away. He did. You he know, did. he had a couple oh, big plays. Gosh, but then he, he was back. trying to lose. He was Team Carson. All right. Uh, listen, Carson, oh, yeah. when he's playing. I will say the same fucking thing I say in this microphone every single time I talk about him because yeah. I got respect for Carson the human. I don't necessarily love the tractor choice that he has. Right. I don't necessarily love the way he plays NFL football, but I got respect for Carson as a human, and I assume that somewhere he'll be able to make it work because his only issue, his only issue is, and I only had to live it for one season, I have no idea how both of his parents haven't gone into cardiac arrest sure. following his entire career. Every play... He thinks he's a touchdown, make it, break it. We're winning a Super Bowl play. And that leads him to make some fucking horrendous decisions. As opposed to just giving up on a play and saying, nah, this ain't it. Not taking a massive shot. Not taking a massive risk with the ball. He goes for it every single play. So his greats are incredible. Like, he's a fucking great football player when he's humming and playing. But the bad, it's like, what are we... What are we doing? Why are we doing that? And he showcased that, I think, in the first game. He was on fire, and then back-to-back drives, two picks, boom, boom. The other team's back in it. And I know Commanders fans that have been attacking me all offseason since me starting saying this exact take every single time I talk about Carson Wentz. They were sitting there like, oh, this is what he's talking about. This Because in the end, he comes back. Mm -hmm. It's like that is what the Carson roller coaster is. The great can be great. But God damn it, there's numerous times where you're going to say, Carl, just quit. Just lay down on the ground for one fucking play. And uh, it's going to be hard not to hammer the commanders this weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> football, team, football team does have some know. weapons with Scary Terry. And the Jahan Dotson was rookie of the week with Dotson two touchdowns. Good. He looked really good. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, they used a lot. They got some weapons. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, to be honest with you. What a fucking Ooh, time a yeah. to be a Lions fan. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to want to win that game with Wentz at quarterback for the Commanders or and then Washington. the Lions being the Lions. It's just going to be back and forth. Who can lose this game? And then at the end, the clock will just run out, and it'll just so happen to be who's winning at the time. And it'll be the Lions. It'll be a shit show. If we can run the ball again like that, though, I actually think we're definitely going to win. Who called the place? 
Ben Johnson, I think, nice. was calling the play. Oh, Someone so... tweeted me, but that's not right. confirmed. Man, they I took know. a play call, man. Sorry, but in the second quarter, we couldn't do anything. Golf looked terrible. Halftime comes and we took goal. Experiment's over. Give me the fucking playbook, man. Try to give you a chance. You fucking suck, man. Rodrigo Ball. Rodrigo he played awesome. well. Yeah, I love he, he, you know, hard knocks. A lot of lowlights on him, too. I guess he just ran right into yeah. some blocks and people yeah. were talking bad about him. But on the flip side, he made a bunch of plays. Yeah, he made some plays. Uh, I, I'm excited to see when Jameson gets in this offense. You know, oh, obviously, yeah. he's yeah. a dynamic weapon coming out of Bama. But uh, I like the Lions, man. They're fighting, putting up points. And they, they, they covered a ton last year. So the they best were best. Yeah, covered uh, last yeah, week. A uh, so. couple quotes here from September 11th, which was Sunday. Uh, Jared Goff said Ben Johnson was great calling plays, and Dan Campbell said Ben Johnson did a good job calling plays. So, I so believe he Goff liked plays. it a little bit more. Than yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah Benny's like team. It. He did good. Yeah, he did good. It's a uh, what have you done for me lately league, though, man. Copycat league, man. Yeah. We're favorites this week, man. <laughs> Give me the fucking play. I'm calling plays, man. Sorry, Ben. He's so – hey. He is – a fucking mountain yeah. of a man. He's glad. MCDC. How when's he getting glad. time in the lift? Three AM. What do you mean? I don't he, gets, he, he probably sleeps there. I don't think. I don't and think. He, I don't think he lifts. I think it's just he wakes up looking like that. It's all that coffee. There's Born no way. way, dude. His, He's probably just hitting pull-ups and push-ups all day long, walking a, down the hall, talking to somebody, and just drops. You guys know he is a Greek god. He's chiseled like that. He doesn't lift. He's huge. Maybe. But, like, I don't know if your forearms get that big just by doing no. nothing. When you're a god, you are. <laughs> you're right. I just curl his desk. AJ. He might be a big calisthenics guy. I can see that. So, hold on. If I just... the up-downs, too. Like, that was... 40 of them. I was I don't know how old he is, but that's, that's tough. <laughs> I thought they were done at 20. I thought they were done at 25. I said, no way they go past 30. They're going. It's like... Yeah. This is the most amount of up-downs I've ever seen done in a practice. We're pros, field. for sure. College, did you guys do more than 20? Uh, college, not maybe. Not one time. Maybe college. Not a, not a bunch. I mean, that's more so like high school stuff. I, I think, like, I didn't go to any high school practices, so I don't know what the football culture is in high school football in Pittsburgh or anywhere else. But I think we've hit, like, 20 in practice at West that's Virginia max. with Rich Rod because, like, I remember doing them the first time and being like, so what should I be expecting? <laughs> yeah. You know, like I need a, I need an end thing. And I think it was like 15, 20, and we did it numerous times. So when I saw them get to like 25 and then to 30, I'm like, that was a lot. holy fuck, these guys. Mm-hmm. And how about Aiden Hutchinson go, I, I didn't know we were doing them all at the same time. <laughs> I think it kind of took us all by surprise. How did they land on 40? That's on? a lot. That's way too bad. Yeah, yeah but you find out who's in. I did 30 last year. Got to up it. I mean, can you imagine Dan Campbell in his 10th year there? They're going to be doing 140 before each practice. He's better hope, man, that his wrist is all right. Yeah. Dogs. And they were good in the fourth quarter. They they panned out. It worked. Mm-hmm. Conditioned team. Jamal Williams, two tuds, right? Yeah. Two tuds, yeah. Balled out. Gave it to him he did run line. over someone on the goal line to get on one of them. If they could have contained Hurts, like if they could contain Hurts, they would have won that game. So Wentz, completely different story. That's why I feel really confident. <laughs> Hurts. No one can okay. MVP, MVP sleeper. Hurts? His eyes moved a lot after this week. Went from like, what, 4,000, maybe plus 4, 1,600? 1,400, yeah, 1,600. Yeah. Just because they won, you think? No, nah, he he looked good. He nah. ran all over. Yeah, he's not going to be able to run it 18 times every week. Right? Even when the line Maybe. Was cheap yeah, shot. he can. But he has an arm, and A.J. Brown would look great. You still Ball. got Goddard. You got, they, got, they got weapons out there. So the Eagles, I think the dog mentality has seeped into their entire. Yeah. He can run 18 times a game, Jalen Hurts. Easy. Yeah. Why can't he? He's like one, two. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's more the. What if he has to, though? Like, what if that I don't is. I think what, you have to. 
You don't think wasn't he has that to? kind of the yeah, knock on him last year too? Though is that he kind of did that, and then when he did, they played good defenses, like they made him beat him yeah. from yeah. the pocket, and he couldn't yeah. do it. So my big thing is this: if, and I guess they talk about it with Lamar, talk about it with Josh Allen. I mean, fuck, we talked about it with Joey Burrow and also about Carson. Like some of the things that make the player the player. There's always a conversation like, well, how do we make this last as long as possible? It's like, well, will we ever see the peak of the player if we're trying to make it last as long as possible? Like if Jalen Hurts has the ability to run, power, and take hits and move and still play, I understand looking out for the man and his security and his future. It's like, hey, you're not going to be able to play 10 years like this or whatever, but maybe we never get to see his absolute best football either because that being a threat all the time makes the defenses play different. I don't know. It's just there's always such an interesting balance for that for me. And it felt like he trained for that this whole entire offseason. Photos from last year to this year, he put on a bunch of muscle. Like it feels like he is, you know, ready to do that if that's what it takes. But also they have. But if you kill a guy, you're the worst front office and head coach of all time. You don't want your quarterback doing it. You know, you want it. And I think Jalen Hurts has the ability to play and beat you from the pocket, especially when you put talent around it, which they did this offseason. 150, but, right? AJ won for 150 yards? Yeah. yeah. Their whole oh, yeah. line, too, yeah. is like considered yeah. one of the best in the league. Exactly. Like, if they win the Super Bowl and Jalen Hurts has to keep doing what, he, what he's yeah, doing. Pick and choose when he runs, though. Exactly. Third, big third down, third and medium, third and short. Okay, here we go. Maybe I won't go. Oh, first first progression, first guy's not open. Yeah. Oh, second guy quick, I'm out. They, that's what he did. Step. They converted a lot that's of exactly, third yeah, yeah, Third, third seven, third, third eight. Downs. That kills us. That kills the yeah. defense. Hey, money yep. down, man. Get off the field. The- so A-Rod would do to people all the time. We they get us in like third and 11, and Aaron drops back. He goes through four different progressions. <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to take off, and I'm going to get 12 yards when it's third and 11. You thought you had your first three and out of the yeah. day, and then he just looks at their D coordinator, and the guy's like, come on. I mean, they're exhausted <laughs> from chasing, too, for what? <laughs> 10 seconds. So yeah. you go terrible. Two man. That's how A-Rod used to get. You go two man, you see all the bats to him. Yep. Takes off from 15, 18. Flacco used to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, Footsteps. I mean, <laughs> Herbert can do it. He's a, he's another quarterback that can take off and yep. run anytime, but he would rather beat you from the pocket. I think that's where you want – honestly, that's where you want all quarterbacks. You want them to beat yeah. you from the pocket. And then, you don't have to call run plays for Lamar. You don't have to call them for Hurts. They can take off whenever they want. So um, if you have that in kind of like your back pocket, I mean, that's – Damn near unstoppable. Them putting Josh Allen in the power, though. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a big. big, He jukes people, too, though. Like, he runs them over. He he puts moves on dudes. And he jumps over people. Insanely athletic. If he was a running back or tight end or whatever, he'd be, we'd be talking about him being, hey, this is the fucking guy. guy. Like, this is the guy. Because he can run you over. So if you're. If you're going to hit him, whatever, he's going to run you over, not scared to do it. If you go low, he knows you're going low because he's been the biggest guy on the field for what? His, his entire career, career yeah. he yep. can jump. He can jump over you, and it seems like he's okay taking a fucking hit. Like he will got a hell of a stiff arm too. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the worst. He's Tackling a dog. A quarterback. It's kind of like a mind fuck. Like even when you see him in the open field, like because you know, like they're protected to an extent. So as a defensive player, I don't know how AJ feels about this. I just feel like you're always at like a little disadvantage, and then yes. when he goes to stiff arm you or truck you or jump over you it's like shit like, well because if he slides it yeah moment, it, 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 it's, it's just it's tough it's tough it was at the nfl or college there was a big one where a quarterback was Kenny. running and he slid on the, going in going in on yep. a one yard line they called it a head-to-head oh oh i remember that oh, I, I you know how i feel i think all head-to-head and targeting should be taken out from like the two-yard line in there shouldn't be a rule yeah goal line cte time <laughs> well i mean if a guy's the quarterback oh, okay. if he's running downhill so, well. i'm in the end zone two or three yards deep and the quarterback's running right at me to dive into the end zone and he all of a sudden slides and he doesn't try to score <laughs> And I fly yeah. over top of Can't them. Like, you. What, okay. Yeah, because your only job is to stop all momentum. 
Have to. Yeah. I have to stop all my men. So I got to bring it. Like, I got to bring. This isn't just a get him down on the ground type thing. This is a fucking. Hey, I got to yeah. fucking stop full momentum here. Yeah, and if somebody changes their level, you're saying. At last, what the fuck do you yeah. want? Yeah, okay, I understand what you're saying. Remember Heineke? Heineke like gave himself up against the Packers, and they called yeah. that touchdown back when he just like fell into the end zone. Oh, oh yeah, that? yeah. And there's no one even there. Going like, forward, just, right? Yeah, going yeah. forward. I am not uh, envious of any defenders on any football field no. at any moment right now at all. There's so, so much going on, and also to your what we were talking about earlier about if you see everybody's backs, they're going to run. Yeah. So you just covered. Was that 50 some yards, probably? <laughs> Full sprint. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, first down, all momentum's out, turn around. They're, they're subbing their wide receivers mm-hmm. out, probably. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and get them out. They just went on a long run. Let's get them some. Yeah, hey, some they're rest. winded. DBs, though. Uh, right back you, guys, you guys couldn't get off the fucking field, so turn it around. Mm-hmm. We're right back up. Yeah. I am not envious of that. At all, pal. Not one bit. How many miles? Do they track DBs on the field? I don't ever remember getting any of that info after. But everybody has it. It's always wide receivers. Wide receivers always get tracked, it feels like, because they're literally running for a living. I don't know if I've remembered any DBs numbers. Everybody's tracking everybody, but I just don't ever ever remember, like, somebody coming up to, hey, you ran this many miles. Let's take a day off or some shit like that. What's that all about? Not for DBs. Like the bend it, don't. Yeah, hey, we don't have time for you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, we're looking into all the stats and analytics. We're trying our best to get through them all. Uh, DB's all max limit. We are. We'll look at them last. Sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, well, if we take if we take everybody out of practice that ran way too much yesterday due to our analytics, uh, we have one defensive back. Oh, okay, so let's let's not use this. Yeah, That's outliers. Uh, yeah. Alright, these other positions that we can kind of... Y'all motherfuckers are running, dude. Running, man. Running, running, running. I was talking to one of the corners for the Texans after the game. Um, he was like, I showed him, you know, we were talking over one of his plays. He was like, but that was the 94th play of the game. I think Jesus. Coach ran 95 or 94 plays. Jeez. I'm like, okay, I got, I got you. So going into this game, <laughs> hey, I can, imagine 90... having a Thursday game after running Whoa. 94 snaps on Sunday. So uh, that's, that's why you got to get off the field. Hey, so let's assume roughly <laughs> average 35 yards, 40 yards to run each play? Yeah, we can say that. At least. At least. Because even on run plays, you're getting ran off. And sometimes that's a backup receiver or something. Just and they're just, and just go. Just run off, take off, then he goes to the sideline and rests until he, you know, got to take a gunner rep or something. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of running around. Now, a lot of it is, uh, you know, you kind of know, you, you're kind of jogging through, okay, it's a run away or I beat a block. So you do No, you but you guys don't care then, remember? What's you guys that? don't care. If you're yeah, this guy, uh, play this guy hard. doesn't play every guy single time. Hey, you, really, you can't do it. You can't go full out. Every, you can't do it. You'll die and play by play 20. Now, current players should not be saying that in press conferences. I love Absolutely. a guy in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, 80 plays. What do you want me we to do? want me to do. <laughs> running the other way. I'm going to go 35% a couple times. AJ, I didn't even think about that. They're running 90 40s every single game. 90 40s. Like, that's a nightmare to think. And you have to know, too, like, also. The mental toll that takes on your your cardio too, like you know, okay, hey man, if this dude gets on top of me, I'm gonna be embarrassed. He's gonna score a touchdown one on one. Everyone knows it's on me. Hey, I appreciate the DB service, but fucking get off the field. <laughs> yeah, get off the field. You got down. Who served the United States of America as oh, a Green yeah. Beret? Uh, he also was in the NFL as a long snapper for Seattle. He played at the University of Texas after serving in the United States military. He uh, held a a blindfolded field goal for me in which we broke a Guinness World Record for the United States of America. Hell yeah. 
He's also a founder of something that is absolutely awesome happening in Los Angeles alongside Jay Glazer. Hashtag Jay New. They, uh, they started a gym in L.A. called Unbreakable. There was a lot of people that invested in it. Jay Glazer was kind of at the head of it. At that gym, it kind of became a sanctuary for retired football players who lost the locker room and in turn also retired vets from the military who had lost their kind of camaraderie and their sense of purpose. Nate Boyer and Jay Glazer teamed up to create something called MVP, which is merging vets and players to try to create that community and bring it together because they're experiencing similar things, although the way they got there is vastly different. Today, MVP, the movie, is debuting in theaters around the country, 35 of them, including every single NFL city. Shout to GNC Livewell for being behind that and putting it into all the theaters and raising money for MVP. And shout to this man, who's an NFLer, a Green Beret, and now he's a director and a lead in a movie that is in 35 different cities today. Worth watching. I saw the trailer. It's going to be epic. Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the program, Nate Boyer. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hey. Good to see you, Pat. Hey, you're getting more handsome, I think, every time we fucking see you, pal. You're doing it. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I had Ground Zero, Unbreakable Performance Center. Just got my workout in and, you know, doing all kinds of uh, interesting, cutting-edge stuff. You know, got to keep the jawline tight, so we're doing a lot of that work. I'm just kidding. No, you're drinking. But we are. <laughs> you're drinking blood. Yeah, now we're, we're getting after. It. You're, that? you're drinking blood out there in LA. That's what yeah, I heard. Him. Drinking, yeah, yeah, tiger blood. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it didn't work out great for the last guy that publicly said Abort he was doing check. that. Uh, congrats on the movie, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you, brother. Okay. Thank you so much. So, so let's dive into it a little bit. Obviously, AJ's excited as well. We both got a lot of appreciation for the military, and you kicked Good ass you, for AJ. the United States, and obviously a football guy. So we're incredibly proud of you. Uh, let's start. Start with the MVP, the Emerging Vets and Players program that you and Jay Glazer put together. And I think in the trailer, it depicts it perfectly about how retired NFL players kind of lose that locker room and sense of purpose, and the military does it as well. This has become a real sanctuary for a lot of people, and you and Jay are at the head of that. How proud are you for with where that program is now versus where it started, and where do you guys think you're going to head to, Nate? So, I mean, so, so proud. Like, pretty unbelievable to think not even six years ago, really, Jay kind of had this idea, you know, of uh, we got to bring these groups together. I mean, you know, MVP, we, 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 we get, we're bringing together combat vets, former pro athletes, helping them find purpose, identity, the locker room, the team again when that uniform comes off. Obviously, we're not comparing war to playing sports, but the sacrifice uh, that you have to put in to be elite at something, um, the mutual respect between the two groups, uh, uh, that's all there. And I know that personally because I was in both those locker rooms. And Jay was like, well, you know, what, what can we do? I actually uh, ended up maybe the next week. I went down to this homeless shelter in, uh, in, in Hollywood, in East Hollywood, on Sunset Boulevard, in this place. They lovingly called it the barracks. There was 48 bunks in there, all military, like veterans living there, all veterans. And I was like blown away. I couldn't believe a place like that existed. I thought it was cool, though, too, that they were kind of coming together to tr- help them each other transition and like get back on their feet, figure it out. And one of those guys in particular, uh, we stayed in contact, and he ended up bringing up a group of his buddies from the barracks to Unbreakable in West Hollywood, to Jay's gym. And Jay brings in, like, you know, Randy Couture and Tony Gonzalez casually uh, to come train with these guys. And they were, like, blown away just being in the presence of these athletes that they look up to. Obviously, the athletes, in turn, were like, well, you guys are the freaking heroes here. Like, we're, yeah, we're we haven't done sportsmen. shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. 
but it was just cool to see that. And then we work out afterwards. We, we, we huddle up on the wrestling mat and these dudes are opening up like some heavy stuff, stuff that a lot of them have just not talked about before. Uh, or at least if they have not, not in a public setting like that, maybe closed off to a therapist that, you know, got his PhD from somewhere and really doesn't fully understand uh, what that world is like. And that feeling of being in your twenties, thirties, if you're lucky and having peaked, you know what I mean? Feeling like you'll never be great again. Uh, and it was just, it was just powerful, man. And, and, and so it started there six years ago. And then uh, just before the pandemic, I was like, I want to make a movie about this. We got to make a movie about this. My buddy, uh, Garrett Jones, who's a, a, a veteran in the uh, UK military. He was a writer. We started putting things down on paper, getting excited about it. Stallone, who's, you know, sitting behind me up here on the poster. Yeah, he comes on board as an EP just because he loves MVP, the organization. He's friends with Jay, just wants to help. Um, and then COVID hits and it's like, well, damn, like we were going to do this and now we can't. You know, we, keep, we certainly don't have the money we had, so we can't afford to, uh, you know, pay actors and directors and all that stuff. So we just did it ourselves mid-pandemic for, for nothing, man. And everybody that showed up and, and, and was in the film, but also like on set, the crew, it's mostly veterans. Every vet trade on screen is played by an actual vet. And people just made it happen because of what Emerging Vets and Players, the organization, is. Uh, and it was... I'm happy with it, man. I'm actually thrilled with it. I couldn't believe what we pulled off. Such a collaborative effort. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, I just had the vision, you know, and then all these other people are just executing it. As long as I was able to communicate it to them enough, uh, they made it happen. And then, yeah, to have those guys like the Tony Gonzalez, Randy Couture's, Strahan and Howie Long do a cameo, Tom Arnold's in it. Rich Eisen. Yeah, Rich Eisen. Dude, Rich is the best, man. Yeah. And, uh, yes. and just, and yep. then all the actors, like, Dina Shihabi, who's on screen right now, Mo McCray, who you just saw, who plays Will Phillips, the athlete, Christina Ochoa, Dan Loria, the dad from the Wonder Years, a Vietnam vet. Yeah, He's in it. Like the list goes on, man. And I'm just I'm just grateful for everybody that was a part of this. And it's playing tonight. It's premiering tonight, and we're freaking stoked. Good for you, man. That's awesome. That is hey, what do you uh when you get to get, when you get these ex athletes and military together, what is the first thing you guys do is work out? Does it all go from there? Like you guys yeah. work out together and then you kind of branch off and you know develop relationships. Exactly. We have eight chapters now around the country. Uh, we meet up every week on a, at the same time, same place, uh, and we'll, we'll 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 work out for about forty five minutes. Get a good sweat going. You know, it's challenging, but it's not impossible. It's something that everybody can do because there's people uh, that come in that. Now, maybe they haven't freaking worked out since they left the military or left sports. Maybe packed on a few pounds. Maybe had some injuries uh, that are, you know, inhibiting them. And, and uh, so we make it completely doable, but, uh, but still challenging. We want to sweat together. We want, like, that, that vulnerability kind of comes when you do go through something tough with somebody. Uh, and then we transition to the, to the, to the mat afterwards. And it's, it's an open forum, peer-to-peer coaching. Like, there's no, there's no secret sauce and magic beans. Like, we don't. We just we just talk, man, and we're just like we encourage vulnerability, but we want, it's good stuff too. I mean, we give each other shit, you know the deal. Like it's yes. it's just like in that locker room, or as we call it, a team room, uh, or around the fire pit overseas. Like some of the best conversations, the closest friendships I made, and and the people that got me through tough times were in those in those rooms or you know on that rooftop. 
And that's all we're doing. We're just recreating it. We're talking to Nate Boyer, uh, one of the founders of MVP, Merging Vets and Players in L.A. that now has eight different locations around the country. If you're in one of those cities and you're a vet, both of the NFL or the military, hit them up. It sounds like some amazing things are happening. I like the fact that you guys are bonding around a workout and a struggle. Because I think when you struggle with people... Right. Together. That's really when you can trust people. I think like uh, if somebody quits on something, you're less likely to probably open up to them. So when everybody, all eight chapters are coming together to work out, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, this guy just went through what I went through. Their past has been what I passed. I think that breaks down the wall quicker. I think that's a really smart, intelligent decision. You guys just all taking a bunch of TRT too, getting fucking yoked up. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. No comment. No yeah, comment. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of meatheads. <laughs> nah, hey, this is a lot of meatheads, bro. It's natural, baby. Hey, this is a lot of meatheads coming together, though. It sounds like a fucking beautiful thing. I'm happy it's working out as well as it is. I can't wait to watch the movie that's out tonight. MVP. Darius Butler has a question for you, Nate. Hey, what's up, yes, Nate? I can't, I can't wait to watch the movie either. But uh, I also hate when people compare football and sports, um, you know, to battle, to war. But speaking of somebody who's been in both of those team rooms, uh, what are some parallels between those two? And then what are some things that guys transitioning out to like civilian life? What are some of the things that they can take with them? Yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, that, that used to bump me a lot, too, when it's like, all right, man, we're going to battle, you know, and all that. There's so many football analogies uh, with, with uh, you know, the military. What's the uh, – um, who's the comedian that uh, passed away that used to talk about this, like, baseball versus basketball and um or sorry baseball versus football and like the different way those uh we talk about those sports and football was always super uh, militaristic uh george carlin george carlin has an incredible bit about that he's talking about like they move down the field with an aerial <laughs> assault you know with a with a ground with a a heavy uh ground attack and blah 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 and you talk about baseball and it's like you know you're trying to be safe and you want to go home and like stuff like that <laughs> but but uh so, it, 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 so I, I feel you on that because I totally get that. I think one thing we, we always try to stress is like battlefield, ball field, different places. Like war and playing game, playing a game, not the same at all. But, man, the identity with the uniform and that locker room and putting everything you have into that thing and feeling like this is your world, this is who you are, and then it being gone. And typically, I think in, in this regard, it's almost tougher from the athlete side it's it's so so very rarely on your terms it is just mm-hmm. you know three years in the league's the average and mm-hmm. uh and not that you know that, that they're not uh, uh you know enlisting to serve their country and go to war I totally understand that but it's still tough man this is what you love this is who you are it's what you do and and then it's just kind of stripped from you and you don't have a you know you, know, you don't have a choice like you you try to get back in but no one will let you yeah Stories like that are less common in the military. You know, it's more like obviously, you know, injuries or something like that that pulls you away from the team. Um, but but at the end of the day, like at some point it ends, and you're still pretty damn young. You got a lot of life, a lot of life left to live, and that's a and that's a challenge, and that's a, that's that's what hurts. And you know, for me, dude, football, watching football when I was deployed was my escape. Like without it, uh, I I would have figured it. I would have got through it, of course. But man, it made it so much easier, and it was like this was my time to just dump all the stuff I dealt with that week, you know, and just enjoy the game and watch these guys out there playing like their hair's on fire. And, you know, it inspired me. Like when I came home, that's why I wanted to play people like stories like Pat Tillman too. There's just this, like, this is crazy connection that, that I think combat sports more than any others really have with the military. I should say, uh, 
yeah, combat sports. I mean, yeah. they really are, yeah. you know, in a way. Nate, quick pivot. I want to talk about the terminal list quick. You yes. you were great yeah. in that show. We watched that. We were big fans of the whole series. Sorry about that, but I appreciate it. You were great. Shut you up. Were great. You were great. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome, Believe me, the show. What was it like being on set for all that? Because that thing, I think that thing was beautifully shot. Like, it was really well done. Dude, so as I mentioned with MVP, how many vets we had working on that. For a huge, big budget Hollywood series like that, uh, same thing. Like Chris uh, Pratt. One of his best friends, a guy named Jared Shaw, a Navy SEAL buddy of mine. Um, and Jared brought the series of books, The Terminal List, written by Jack Carr, also a good friend, to Chris and said, this needs to be a show. Chris yeah. read the books and was like, absolutely. And he was like, also, if we do this, I'm, we're doing it right. Like, we're going to have so many vets behind the camera, on camera. Um, it just brings that authenticity. And it's like, yeah, maybe we don't have the same amount of experience uh, in the industry, but we're going to figure it out. Like, that's what we do. You know, we, 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 we get handed a mission. Sometimes it's not very clear what the end result is supposed to be. Uh, sometimes it is, and we have no idea how to get there, but we figure it out. And we do it together. And, and that's what the feeling was on that show. So that's what I loved about being around set was not just that I want to only be around veterans, but there was uh, enough of them on there that you get to a point. There's, you know, the, the, the DP and some of these people that have been that are excellent at what they do. They're leaning over. And asking somebody way way below them on the on the chain of command, uh, what should I do in this, or, or what do you, th- how do you think we should shoot this? What's more uh. authentic? What's more accurate? And that's super cool, man. Like, and you're gonna make a better show that way. Like, you're just gonna, it's gonna be real. There's 27 million uh, roughly veterans in the country, uh, and we support our own stuff. And so, like, if we know that it's just a good business too. You know, to have us on board and understand, like, this is this is done by us. I mean, it's. It was really smart. I, I love working on this show. Well, and as, great. as a viewer, it gives you a lot more credence to say, like, I love this because it doesn't feel like they're taking advantage of vets. You know what I mean? Oh, like totally, stealing totally. stories almost, taking advantage of it, as opposed it's like, hey, helping vets with this story about vets. Like, that just right. makes you feel better watching and being a fan of. And I took a shot with Jack Carr here on the show mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago. He seems to be a dude, as are you, Nate. I've got to hang out with you a few times. You're fucking awesome. What did you take from that experience and from other experiences into your directorial debut here of MVP? Do you feel like you got to learn from a lot of different people? And how much did that... Hey, we figure shit out, which I believe football and military have in common. Like, shit's going to happen. Pressure's going to be on. Have to get something done. I think that's another thing that people can kind of share. But that probably set you up perfectly for this particular role of being a director of a fucking movie all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, honestly, so we actually shot MVP before Terminalist. But uh, one thing, no, no, but I mean, working on a lot of these other, getting to know these people. And and, uh, the the biggest one for me was Den of Thieves. So I got to work on Den of Thieves, right? Just, uh, uh, you know, as an actor. But the director of that movie, Christian Gutegast, um, one of the reasons he cast me is he's like, I want real guys in this stuff. And since then, we've become friends. He became a mentor of mine. From the first draft of the script to the last cut and edit, this guy was helping for nothing. Doesn't didn't want his name on it. I mean, I gave, he's in the special thanks, you know what I mean? But like, just, gave just him helping. Just, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like wanted to, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but he never asked for it. He, ne- he doesn't, he, he's just like, he's one of these people, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and like that, it, and there was a lot of stories like that. He's not the only one, but that was a great example of like being around it. I was like, okay, I'm starting to understand this world, how it works, you know, not just the terminology, but like, at, from a director, from him, because that was his first movie he directed. It was a much bigger movie. 
but he'd written a ton of things that had been made and you know he he just communicated his vision so well and i just took pieces of that and then added in my experience from being yeah being in the military and like we're just like we're, we're figuring it out as we go if you get good people around you you've got talented people that you trust and you just let them do their job you're gonna come up with some good stuff you know and it was like mo mccray who plays will phillips you know the uh, the other lead in the film he calls a collective genius man because it's just uh pure collaboration you got all these heads in there sometimes it's a lot of voices and that can be challenging you know but at the same time like if you have time uh, to, to listen to all of them kind of pick through it uh, you'll find the best solution it's usually a mixture of uh, a few ideas and you figure it out especially when you're on such a tight budget like you just have to work that way or your your host, you know. I think Christian probably was excited that you asked for help. By the way, that's something that people don't do enough of. You get a chance to be around somebody that's very good at what they do, and people are scared to ask. Like that's something right. I've never. I'm very lucky that I've never had any fear of just being like, "Hey, why are you doing what the fuck you're doing right now?" Like <laughs> I've been very fortunate to be around a lot of people that have done really good things. So I think that's good initiative by by you as well. That's a trait that not a lot of people have. Keep fucking killing it, Nate. Ty, your question. Wait, it's something. It's something we preach at MVP. Man, I learned that from the, the men and women who join us on the mat every week because that is our biggest thing. Like, it is not shameful to ask for help. It doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're stronger because you're actually admitting. I don't have all the answers. That's that's there's a lot more courageous to do that and to walk around and act like you just know everything. Yep. Um, that's how you fail. You know what I mean? If, if you just say, "Hey, look, I'm 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 stupid. I, I don't know how to do this," or "Is there a better way?" Um, <laughs> give me a hand. If, if you have an idea, shoot it my way. I'd love to hear it. Like that's that's how you win. Hell yes. And by the way, a good answer, it doesn't matter who it comes from. I mean, the right answer is the one that we should be trying to get to at all times. Ty, your question for Nate. Yeah, especially not common in Hollywood either to do that. So, you know, kudos. Uh, Nate, with something like this, I don't know how. I mean, I'm sure there's quite a bit of elements of the movie that are biographical, but I don't know how biographical it is. Was it like a pretty cathartic experience uh, to do all this stuff and kind of put it out there? And were there ever days where like the emotions of everything got tough, especially with your responsibilities of, you know, writing it and producing it and directing it and all that kind of stuff? Did somebody talk to you? Do you get tipped? Yeah. No. I didn't know to ask this question. Hey, no, he, so... hey, he's a, he was a film major in college. Moved uh, to, uh, yeah, he's a big Hollywood guy. Yeah. Love no, him. this yeah. question is so on point, bro. Uh, oh, I, baby, Ty's so, gold time. Oh, Look yeah, at us fucking represent. So Woo! Hell yeah. <laughs> no, it's Thank a good you, one. So, uh, first of all, like, it is, it's biographical of MVP. Like, all these stories, everything we put on the page is from the mouths of the men and women who have joined us, you know, and been a part of it. We got thousands of members now. There's a lot of stories. Um, so, it's all that put down on paper. Every character's composite characters. Uh, it's based on the genesis of MVP. Like, this is how it, it actually started. You know, we we adjusted, obviously, like Jay and myself's role in starting MVP. Um, but really, it's the members. The organization is built by the members. It was built by the people, the vets and the players that came together. Like what we do every day, talking about being collaborative, how we grow and what, what we're doing now in our huddles versus how we started. That's all from the members. And then from that side, man, day three on set, we're in the middle of this COVID stuff. We got to test three times a week. We get masks on trying to keep distance from each other unless you're on camera. Um, and I hear SAG's going to come down and visit us. Um, and I'm like, oh, God. And, we, you know, we're, we're a union project. We're Screen Actors Guild. 
we're following all the rules, but I'm still panicking because we, we have no money. Like we're just, we're shooting in a freaking homeless shelter. We're shooting on location in this place. That's like closing down because they lost money uh, due to the pandemic. And we're shooting in there before they tear it down. And I'm like, just, you know, absolutely freaking out, you know? And, and, uh, and then we got to do this, like one of the biggest scenes for me in the movie, it's like a really intense scene. I don't want to give it away, but it's, it's, uh, I mean, essentially, I'll just say, I, you know, I beat myself up uh, pretty Spoiler. hard. The character beats himself up in more ways than one. That day, I'm dealing with all this stuff happening, some stuff in my personal life, losing somebody very close to me. Um, days before that, we had one of our members, the first member from MVP after four, maybe almost five years of being in an organization that took his own life. Ugh. And it's like, I am so afraid of fucking this up i am so afraid of that i am terrified of letting our family down our 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 our, our organization down these people down and i'm like i'm starting to feel it right now man i was just i remember how i felt and then we we're like i just didn't want to i just wanted to shut it down for the night and and one of the producers jared hoffman was like you ready are you ready to shoot the scene and i'm just like i mean not really but we have to right and he's like yes <laughs> it's our last day here we have to do it and i go out there and like what you see on screen that was just that was just Nate dealing with some shit. You know what I mean? Like having a having a having a freaking day. And I'm so glad I not only let it affect me, I'm so glad the team around me said we're like, no, we're doing this. We have to do this. Let's shoot this scene. Because it ended up being a really pivotal scene where I thought maybe it'd be a bit of a throwaway. Maybe it's not gonna make the cut. And uh we moved it up in the edits in a different place than we originally shot it. And it's just uh it, it anyway. You'll see. But it was like... Figure it out. That was a great question. That was a great question. Yeah, you're damn right, Ty. 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 Uh, Ty was uh, accepted to Harvard uh, out of high school. Said, no, thank you. Want the Iowa to be a Big Ten angler. He Go was, off, a, uh-huh. he was a fisherman for them or whatever. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a true renaissance, man. There's a movie there. Yeah. Like there's oh, a yeah. movie there. Okay. October's hey, directorial guy. debut. October's Connor, your question for uh, <laughs> Nate Boyer. Yeah, Nate, it sounds like a lot of this movie is nonfiction. Like when we're watching this show, we know that everything in there basically did happen. And also, uh, is Tom Arnold playing Jay Glazer? Is that who he is? <laughs> no. Jay Glazer's playing. Jay no. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. He's great. He's and he, he's he's freaking great too. Um, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, just like any based on a true story film, there are things you adjust so that they make sense in a two hour or less format. You know, but no, it is it is based on real people. It's based on true events, whatever you want to call it. Um, all these things that have that 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 happen. You know, essentially essentially happened. Um. Yeah. And then as far as, yeah, Tom, Tom is great, man. No, Tom is a, uh, uh, also another kind of a, you know, a, a, a hidden gem in there. Like you'll see, he's seen is hilarious, but it's also great. Um, you know, he's playing a, he's playing a version of him. I mean, he's playing Tom Arnold, but it's a, in, in a fantasy football world and kudos and shout out to, to the league and, and NFL network. We filmed there on location at the, uh, at the studios. Um, and you know, they just, Tracy Perlman, Dallas Hitchcock, they just hooked this up, hooked us up. And like, Tracy they love MVP. They love the organization. They wanted to help us. And uh, so we're down there shooting those scenes that day. And it's like, it just raises the production value. It was awesome. But yeah, Tom was, Tom was, Tom's hilarious, man. Uh, Half right. that stuff's improv, dude, but it was, it's great. Hey, Nate, 
I can't wait to see the success of this. I can't wait to see what you do next. Keep crushing it with MVP. Uh, the movie's in 35 cities tonight, I believe. Shout to GNC yes. Live Well for making that happen. When can people uh, stream this? Where will we be able to stream it at home, you think? Uh, probably as we approach Veterans Day. So that's 11-11. You know, we're, it's perfect during the NFL season, but also you know, we had 9-11 a few days ago. Now we got Veterans Day coming. Like These, these are big uh, moments, big dates. For, for veterans, you know, I don't want to call them all holidays because 9-11 is not, a, I don't feel like that's a holiday, you know, um, but th- but all this stuff is intentional to like, you know, bring more awareness to what we're doing as an organization, but also just the veteran narrative, you know, and the athlete story and like telling that in, 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 a, in an organic way. And so, to, yeah, tonight, like you said, if, if we're in 35 cities. We're in Indy, baby. Hell we're yeah. Cool. Um, if you go to vetsandplayers.org, which is our nonprofit, our website, and you can check us out there. You can donate there, but you can also get tickets there. Watch the MVP movie is you know a, a tab in the middle of the screen. Click on that; it'll take you to a website that has every theater across the country is playing. Playing, you get your tickets there. Got to buy them there. I'm not sure why you can't buy them at the box office, but that's above me. Um, but it's all good. So get your tickets. Show out tonight and uh, support MVP. This movie is benefiting the organization too. That's something that everybody needs to understand. Like you're giving to merging vets and players the charity Hell by yeah. showing up to this film. Hell yeah, man. And you show up every day for all of us. We appreciate that. Can't wait to watch it. Can't wait to see what you do next. Please tell everybody we said hello sure. over there in beautiful LA. I will. I will. They love you guys. I my, my quick shout out to my buddy AJ Perez, man. He wears he's got for the brand shirts he's wearing all the time. He loves you guys, man. Uh, I think he's talked to you before, AJ Hawks. He's a big guy. Uh, He's a big Packer Ooh. fan, so. Oh, AJ, anyway. big time, AJ Perez. Never wow. would have thought. Wow. Never Thanks, would have AJ. thought. Yeah, of course. Hey, we appreciate you, Nate. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Boyer. Yeah, Love you guys. Thank you. Conversation with Nate Boyer was awesome, AJ. Yeah. He was, yeah. Nate, uh, he's been in a lot of acting roles lately. Yeah. Dennis Thieves, uh, Terminalist. He has a movie now. I think. He was in another one. I do like that. It feels like these military movies are becoming more like, hey, we want to hire. Yeah, make it much more realistic. Yeah. Like he was in 12 Very Strong as well. Yeah. So it's like, I like that. It's probably a good time to become an actor if you're in the military and if you're retired. Uh, now seems like a good time to get in there because Hollywood is finally realizing like, oh, we can also give jobs and maybe help out a community that we're depicting and potentially stealing mm-hmm. stories from. And make the movies better. You know what I mean? Make, sure. it much, make it much better. Like, you know, we see Chris Pratt, his... His discipline with that, with yes. his handguns and whatever weapon he is he is wielding. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell and yeah. Nate Boyer, arms crossed in that uh, brief. Whenever they're talking about yes. it, mm-hmm. they talk shit to the guy and then walks out. It slows down. No actor can really no no, 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 no. capture that moment, you mm-hmm. know, unless you've been there. I couldn't do it. Well, that's why you look at all like the really like Saving Private Ryan and all like the really good war movies. Like the the technical department is like all people who are retired military because they understand it's like, hey, if this doesn't look real, like people are going to just fucking write it off right away. Good luck to MVP the movie. Debut tonight in 35 cities. Go to vetsandplayers.org to find out if it's playing in your city and where it's playing in your city. Look for it to stream in a couple of months. Can't wait to watch that. In other news that's happening around the NFL right now, new Thursday night football Amazon Prime um, analyst Ryan Fitzmagic is making the media rounds, and their story's coming out. The water slide situation was asked about by Dan Lebitard's show. He did not not happy. He was not happy. (laughs) Let's move on. What what happened? Sounds like that that happened. Uh Sounds like maybe. 
He played the one, two, three, four, fifth <laughs> live on a podcast, which is awesome. Uh, allegedly, there was a caller into a local radio show in D.C. that said uh, immediately upon Fitzmagic going on to IR with his hip injury, anonymous caller on radio, oh, could shit. be anybody, said, I want to tell you the reason why Ron Fitzmagic is hurt because him and his family come into the water park, the slide uh, slide park that I work at, and they like go down real fast slides. They always go down real fast slides, real fast slides. That's what they like doing. And uh, we all seen it. It was right there in the middle of the thing. Ryan's kid went down and he went down. He went flying down. He hit his hip off of one of the slides, I guess. And he got he limped out of the pool and went over the thing. We didn't see him get back on the slide ever again. They go, okay, thanks for the call. And then they go, is that what happened? Yeah. And then we find it on the internet. And then all of a sudden we have to talk about it. Because yeah, Fitzmagic just got paid and he was uh, automatically on IR. So he got Dan pa- shout out to the Dan Patrick show asking about it. And he said, I "Ain't talking about it." We're moving on. I mean, we're really. <laughs> he was pissed. We, he wasn't happy to even feed it. So that means it's either complete bullshit, like we said, could have been, or it's true. There's it absolutely no, happened. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. There's no more that. But he also chit chatted about he he believes that he is that motherfucker that Tom Brady was <laughs> speaking about in the barbershop with LeBron James and the boys in there. Uh, if you read the quote that he had on the Dan Levitard show, if you go back to that again, that's before the 2019 season where the Dolphins are trying to assemble a roster that is going to help them uh, uh, get a better draft pick off next year. So it's not like that was going to be an attractive situation for Tom anyway. So I'm not sure why he was so upset about it, but I still believe to this day that I'm that mother. He also went on to part my take and chit-chatted about how uh, whenever Tom threw five picks after a game against a game that Ryan Fitzmagic was in, he refused to come shake his hand afterwards. Uh-huh. He felt disrespected by Tom. He feels like that's the whole thing. And he firmly believes that he is that motherfucker that they were chatting about. Now, is that because Brian Flores allegedly wouldn't go on the meeting on the yacht for Tom Brady to become part owner of the Dolphins and quarterback for the Dolphins? Brian Flores said, I'm not doing this. Probably because Brian Flores knew that that was tampering, yeah. and he is currently a member of an organization that I just came from with Bill Belichick. Nonetheless, Tom could have taken that as Brian Flores going, nah, we want Ryan Fitzmagic yeah. over Tom Brady. But that is where Ryan Fitzmagic sits. He said on part of my take. He said on Dan Lebitard's show. Uh, it's interesting. It adds definitely some fodder to the conversation. A lot of people think it's Derek Carr. Yep. Fitz thinks it's Fitz. AJ, what are your thoughts on it all? I'm still holding strong that it was Derek Carr. It Same. seems like it is that, like, when you look at everything involved, it you does too? feel like it's yeah. natural for Derek Carr to be the guy, but I don't know. Fitz may have a point here. Why do you think it was uh, Derek Carr? I mean, uh, who was it? Dana White? Dana. They put the whole, yeah, put the whole yeah. story out there, and Gronk basically co-signed. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like that was kind of the end of that. So, yeah. you think that the reason why the deal didn't get done is because John Gruden yep. said, I would rather keep my Derek Carr guy instead of fucking Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, you're staying with that motherfucker I understand maybe before the knee injury with Trent uh, whenever they're playing against us Derek Carr was on his way to win an MVP that season Christmas Eve gets hurt his knee gets hurt Mm -hmm. I think a lot of different things the team moves cities there's an entire rebuild I think he's still a great quarterback but Tom Brady I believe was talking to Derek Carr as well uh, because of the co-signage of Gronk but it didn't Fitz Magic's like, yeah, this guy <laughs> doesn't know, like does me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to you know, this guy does not like me. So there's a chance I'm on the receiving end of that motherfucker as well. Yeah, I mean, I can see why he could think that. But, yeah. And, and we got to remember, too, when Brady was going through that, like, it wasn't like everybody thought Brady was going to be what he still is right now. His last year in New England, a lot of people were like, hey, he, this dude might be washed. He might be done. So Gruden, 
Not surprised. He got a long-term contract. Maybe he said, I'll stick with the younger guy instead of this He actually guy. did come out and say that. Yeah, who mm-hmm. I probably have two, maybe three years with. So, I want to um, change his offense either. Yeah, change his offense. So, I mean, it's the same guy that, you know, got rid of Mac and, and drafted, you know, another pass rusher that people think he reached for in the top five. So, yeah. Gruden, I mean, he has a track record of falling in love with certain guys. There was a quote that came out after this whole thing would have inevitably happened that he said, uh, I would like to reiterate to everybody in Las Vegas – we are happy with our quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's a great young quarterback, basically. And at the time, I think everybody was like, oh, he's talking to Raiders fans who mm-hmm. might be doubting Derek Carr. Now looking back, it's like, oh, he was talking to the organization. Yeah, He's like, I don't know what y'all motherfuckers want. Tom Brady, this guy, he's dead, man. I'll tell you what, man, that guy's dead. He threw the ball better in Tampa than he ever threw in New England. Mm-hmm. The people that said he was washed, those people should be – Taking the task, I think. Don't you, AJ? Because that was a thing at yeah. one time. Remember, we were talking about how many teams want to be involved with him and want Tom Brady in their door. And I was getting, I was getting heat from people. Like, yeah. We don't want Tom Brady on here. I guess it's how Gruden felt as well. Colts. <sighs> we assumed everybody. We assumed every team would have Tom Brady if Tom was willing to come there. They could work out a deal. But with, I wonder how much homework Gruden did. Like, did Gruden go back and watch his last two years and see, like, okay, Gruden. and then kind of give a presentation of what we're doing here and what we, why I wonder why I don't? You don't think that Tom Brady was the topic of the Fired Football Coaches of America film session at 4.30 a.m. that was taking yeah, place yeah. every single day he was fired? I don't know. I guess we're going to learn more about John Gruden. I think his email's coming oh, yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going lo- to learn a lot about John Gruden. Speaking of emails... John Green, I think is the guy's name. He's the author here from Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. He's stars, something with stars. Can you look this guy up? I think his name's John Green. What's the name of the movie? No, it's a book. He, very, very accomplished author from Indianapolis, Indiana. Big Colts fan. I've met him before. Younger guy. He's like 30-something, 40-something. Like, the Fault in oh, Our Stars. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. The Fault in Our Stars. Great. He's from Indiana. And I followed him because I got a chance to meet him. He put a tweet out the other night that was like, it is disgusting how some of these media people are acting because they were probably told, just like I was, that Vladimir Putin has hacked your emails and is blackmailing everybody. And I was like, well, John Green got his email. Yeah. Vladimir Putin's got John Green. <laughs> oh, John. Like, hey, John, I don't know what the hell is going on. What are you, you know? doing? And then John went on for like a reply tweet to that tweet, and he was like, I assume that some things that I thought were going to be held private could be held over my head after being informed that they jacked my emails, but that shouldn't be how people act, and he was doing it politically-wise. But when you talk about these emails from the NFL, 600,000 of them, and only we've only seen three of them right <laughs> yeah. now. I mean, that, that's inevitable, right? That that. That at some point is all going to come out, yeah, we would they, assume, right? They were trying to keep it quiet, too. They didn't want this to be public at all. And that one attorney, and granted it was probably on Gruden's side, but he essentially did say, like, yeah, there's no way Goodell keeps his job if all these. We need discovery. Come. We yeah. need this yeah. whole thing. And it's going to op- allegedly an open trial. Uh-huh. This hearing is happening between John Are they about to show emails that came into Gruden's inbox from other people, too, or just what he sent out? No, I would assume so. I think it's probably both ways. Yeah. If there's an open line of communication. It's a friendly fire. Because if he oh, was yeah. treated yeah. unfairly, right, the only way you'd be able to prove that yeah. he was treated unfairly was to prove that other things also mm-hmm. existed in there. And I think that is going to become... Just mm-hmm. a lot of shit. And isn't that part of the reason why... 600,000 emails. He, has, he hasn't been like, no, no, these things can't see the light of day. He's, he's like... Oh yeah. yeah, like let's in, let's implicate some people and fuck it. I got my apology out there. That yeah, I go to church on Sundays. John Gruden, yeah, John Gruden. Everybody already hates me. Yeah, all right, everybody, yeah. I apologize. I'm about to get. 
you know, probably a few hundred million dollars from the NFL mm-hmm. for this wrongful termination thing that yeah. just took place. And also, all you other motherfuckers that were real high and mighty real yeah. quick. They were emailing with me. You're emailing with me. Guess what? <laughs> You're going to learn today. <laughs> yeah. That's a wild thing to be a part of right now. I, the, the NFL is probably like, how do we, how do we make sure that? Ugh. Yeah. Can't have that There's happen. a lot of people like, okay, what did I like? Probably not even really bad things, but just stupid <laughs> jokes they probably sent him or dumb gifts. Or oh, so yeah. many oh. memes with just boobs in there yeah. that John Gruden's <laughs> been sending with other guys he knows. Yeah, because they weren't in, like, they weren't invested, unless I'm remembering this completely wrong, but this wasn't like a Gruden investigation, right? No, Snyder. No, yeah. It was, yeah. Into, it was no, in the workplace in Washington. Yeah, he, uh, Washington. Yeah, so. he got caught up. Yeah. And this was how many years worth of emails? 10. <laughs> So think about even like six hundred thousand. I think it was. That's how many emails. Six hundred or seven hundred thousand. It might have been seven hundred thousand. I don't remember. It was like that many. And John Gruden's like, oh, okay, four emails make it out, huh? This ain't. This ain't gonna be. Um, it's a lot of shit, man. That was that was a little more acceptable ten years ago than is acceptable now. In yeah. 2020. By the way, still a problem. Hey, sure. hateful. Obviously, people. Whenever what that word has meant and other words have meant to people, what the harm it has caused to people and mm-hmm. their emotions and everything like that. But we have to remember that we we do live in a world that is ever changing, trying to get better as possible. But I think in those emails, there's going to be a lot of stuff where people aren't going to care. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Uh uh-uh. uh. John Green put in there. He was like. Uh, <laughs> John Green, who Faulkner Star's author, I forgot that the email people, like back in the day, people used email as if it was like text or like. Oh yeah, it's all willy nilly. I mean, I don't at all. But like the generation before, like that was like their text message that was invented. So like they Mm kind of stuck with it. That's what he was saying. He was saying, "I'm sure I said a lot of things in there, and I'm not like in an email. Who is it? I'm email. My emails are. Yeah, let's call it this time. We got a meeting at this time. People use it for like. Yes. Personal interaction yeah. on a daily basis. I did not know that. Cube I mean, life is th- very heavy email. Really? Is that the only thing? Because your phone or can't you could be IM up? within the company, but they could read those. So. Slack. Yeah. Slack, too. Slack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's some people when Twitter first came out thought they were just DMing people. Oh, yeah. yeah sure. Out there oh. tweeting. It. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Twitter was interesting there at the beginning. Everybody's like, oh, it's like a Facebook wall. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That thing can really. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, what ahead. is this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I had no idea that the person I was talking about in another city was going to see that in five minutes. That's crazy. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> Tagging on the Facebook wall changed the game. Mm-hmm. That uh-huh. really changed That changed society quickly. You know what I mean? I never really got – did you get into Facebook? Uh, it was the first – it was like the first year that I was going into college. It was yep. there. Mm-hmm. So the only way you could sign up was with a college email. Yep. We were just going into college. That's it was awesome. like, if you didn't sign up, you're a fucking Mark. <laughs> what are you doing? Mark. <laughs> so, yeah, I got into it. I had 5,000 friends on the first weekend. That was Sheesh. the max. Yeah, I was, oh, it was. I, I was the only freshman that was playing. And I was in those dorms. Yeah. So everybody on earth just like said, want to be friends. I'm like, yeah, let's be friends. Bam, 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 bam. And then after like week two, I couldn't add anybody. So I had to get rid of people to like add Sorry. actual friends. Sorry, Sorry, about, yeah. it. Sorry about it. And now to be clear, I go on Facebook sparingly nowadays, but it's just to see like kids grow up like Phil's kids. Like I see a lot of CFO Phil's kids through his wife's Facebook page. So people uh, are still using it though? I think people still use it on a daily basis, yeah. yeah. I'm, old, not sure. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, old seed memes so. and stuff oh, sure. and tweets uh, like yeah, old a couple weeks later because they make their way onto Facebook. So Facebook does a great job of driving traffic to things too. Like you look at like analytics of stuff, like what moved, what didn't move. Because a reel of ours will end up on Facebook somehow. Don't know how. 
they'll ask me, look at this video do you want to share this on Facebook? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and then the next day I open up the analytics and it's like action or traffic from Facebook versus like Instagram is like much higher. So yeah. I think they're dying. That's why they're trying to like TikTok is kind of killing all, all yep. like if you look at Instagram, even like you'll see a lot of like oh, likes yeah. and interaction way look because they're trying to make everyone make reels and make it as much like TikTok as possible. Just found out that reels <laughs> engagement is next to zero. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's reels. a stat in analytics that came out. So it's all fake. Yep. But yeah. it's it's entertaining. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's entertaining. Oh, yeah. Facebook is choosing. Uh, let's go to Mitt Talk in the back. Yeah, Mitt, go. what's going on, pal? Pat, I have some horrible news oh, for uh, all of us that grew up on the greatest social media platform twitter uh i was told by my younger sister and some other younger people who they don't use twitter at all oh, no. i don't know what it is no they'll graduate into it they'll graduate no, exactly. pro- i hope i hope pray. maybe no nah, good young face. people stink i don't want them on there yeah. they don't want to type they don't want to talk they, it's emojis it's t- no but as you get older i think news and like, yeah, yeah. Twitter. i, is I think best. it becomes uh i think yeah, it hopefully does. they want to learn like yeah twitter's so it, it it brings all your news into one spot like everything yeah. going on in one place that you can go consume i think twitter will continue to have a space forever yes just like what facebook instagram though facebook kids are seems... not about instagram kids are all tiktok right now yeah instagram's yeah. trying to keep up with everything right yeah, yeah. but yeah. they got the oculus that company so uh-huh. they're gonna make money for another yeah. one coming out soon right yeah, the new mm-hmm. one looks sick yeah, did dude. you see Zuck training MMA? Yeah, yeah. yeah do everything that dude. Yeah, watch out! Savage. Did you see Conor McGregor said, "Fucking right, Mark." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, Zuckerberg's ready to fight in real life and in the Oculus. McGregor, McGregor, better, McGregor better watch out. What? He keeps tweeting the fucking bully. He's gonna bark up the wrong tree. Okay. Bulla just signed a deal with UFC for five years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Probably good for the citizenship, if I had to guess. Let's yeah. get Bulla. You know, able to become an American, I assume. Mm-hmm. Let's get him over here. More Bulla, the better. Congratulations on uh, your contract, Bulla. Hey, Bulla. You get, uh, can Dana give Goop a job? I was just going to say. I'm getting a call from Shane Leckler right now. Uh, oh, no. Shane, I am live right now. Microphone live. There is 14 people watching, but I am live right now. <laughs> can I call you back after? Yeah. Do you have anything to say about week one punting and kicking? Did you watch? Yeah, I watched some of it. It was good. There was some stuff in there that probably should have been done a little different, but time management, Monday night, Jesus Christ. All right, all right. I'll call you later. later. That's actual goat right there of punting. Oh, yeah. That's goat right there. I forget how many years straight. It was like 14 straight years at the Pro Bowl or something. Just had his locker at the Pro Bowl, and he is hysterical. That guy will call me drunk. That guy will call me when he's bored. What? I'm just like, how the fuck have I become friends with Shane Leckler? I'm very fucking lucky for that. I mean, we talked about like how kids kind of learn the league through Madden. There was probably 10, 15 years where no matter what, when you're doing a fantasy draft, after you know you draft your starters, boom, you go draft Shane Leckler, and then you fast forward and simulate to the end. So I feel like that is kind of known because of Madden. Yeah, because he's punched the ball so far. <laughs> yeah. And he had... He had like 10 four twos running down the field, too. Uh-huh. Remember, Davis, we're drafting yep. speed. Yep. So it was like the oh, perfect shit. combination of guy that can murder ball as far as possible. <laughs> and we got, got, we got dogs yeah. running down the field. It was like, what a dream scenario. And then Shane being the guy on top of it, it's like a perfect match made. Great, great teammate, too. Locker room guy. My best friend, Tavon uh, Branch, who I went to college with, was one of those four two gunners. He used to talk highly, speak highly of uh, Shane and uh, Seabass. They, they had a cool, cool crew out there. So, travel to Oakland to play against Shane and Seabass. Yeah. This was after I get arrested. 
uh, for my public intoxication. Mm -hmm. Seabass comes up to me and goes like, sorry, you know, he's got a Polish accent. <laughs> and he's like, you take tension off me, you know. Like, he's, he literally polished his first act uh, because he was the drunk kicker, right, for a little bit. And then I did it. And I told him, I'm like, man, this, this substance of abuse program is terrible. Like, they're tracking me fucking everywhere, Seabass. He goes, uh, go on cruise. What they do, lend on or take <laughs> helicopter or something like that? And I was like, all right. I'm taking ideas. I am taking cruises when I want to have a good time. So I'm like, thank you, Seabass, for, for helping me out. But yeah, they were, we played Shane when he was down in Houston a bunch. And he would have you know, 30 pack of beer for me and Vinny right. on the way nice. out. Yeah, it was like always cool, always the man, and always very fucking good. And just like, you know, I try to chat about specialists are normally pretty good at like game management because it usually revolves around us either getting fucked or having to save somebody or like it operating right. Like having to punt at the end of a half versus, you know, running out the end of a half, two very different situations. Getting to kick at the end of a half or fucking up not getting to kick at the end of a half, like directly our lives are, are dependent upon it. Vinatieri is one of the greatest like game management guys because he was in those Bill Belichick oh, yeah. he was in those Bill Belichick meetings and he's very intelligent he enjoys that his brother pretty high up in the military I think strategy is a big part of their family he wanted to be a brain surgeon uh, Vinatieri wanted to be a brain surgeon I believe or a heart surgeon if he wasn't a kicker mm. so you're talking about like he's just the fucking guy his game management ability which probably sucked for the coaches that were coaching with him on the team he used to get pissed pissed, pissed. <laughs> We are talking not happy with, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? It's a whole situation. Shane might be around this season a little bit. Whoa. Really? Okay, Shane. That'd be sweet. Really? Well, see, you got to get him off that goddamn boat. He's down in the Gulf fishing yeah. all okay. the time. I'll I get it. Tough. Good. Can't blame him. I'll, I'll get random videos texted to me, and it's just he's got four engines on the back of his speedboat, six different reels going on, uh -huh. poles out the back. And then it's just like, turn around, he's just got cold beer and something. Wide, wide. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to go talk to a microphone for four hours. He's like, you're supposed to be retired, bud. <laughs> like, we're supposed to be retired. I'm like, well, that ain't the way it goes right now, Shane. Yeah. I, wish I, could, I wish I could be down there with you. Yeah. He has a great time. He can be our Michael Parsons. He handed you a, a beer after the draft in Nashville, too, right after you made your pick. Oh, yeah. That thing was gone. Gone. Mm -hmm. What? That was a fun time, that draft. I cannot believe I got to do that. It's awesome. It and sweet. then now we have the draft spectacular, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like the draft has been a very large evening for our operation as a whole. Every time. And we Nowhere. never take it serious. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Which is. Best way to watch it. What's that? Here. So because, dumb. Yeah, because, you know, all no. the analysts, it's, it's a crapshoot every time in the draft. Yeah, there's Shane right back there with the <laughs> toast. And we beat the Stoke. cable cop who had the picks this year. Yeah. yeah. Which was shout awesome. Shout out fucking Arnie Yeah. So I'd be stealing picks. He just, tweeted, he just tweeted actually with an injury update for Thursday night. Yeah, Keenan Allen out, I do believe, which uh, was expected uh, going into the show as soon as Darius said he's not playing. Muscle injury, <laughs> hamstring, short week. Why would you ever bring a guy back on a Thursday? It's a massive game, so maybe there's a little bit of a conversation. The Chargers have ruled out wide receiver Keenan Allen and tight end Donald Parman, Parham uh, versus the Chiefs, while cornerback J.C. Jackson is questionable. Ooh. Haven't ruled out J.C. yet. He missed last weekend. Uh, will he make his debut with the Chargers on this particular Thursday night on Amazon Prime? Shout out to Rap Sheet for that. Does this change anything, D-Butt? You're a big-time Chargers supporter. Does this scare you? Uh, I mean, J the JC, that him being questionable obviously is huge. Um, 
that you know, playing against obviously Kansas City, Asante Samuel. Everybody's talking about that route that Devontae ran, which was incredible. But uh, he bounced back, got a big time pick later in that game too. Uh, I'd like Asante to let Asante so. Samuel Jr. know if you ever see this. Me and Darius were discussing <laughs> what you know mm-hmm. plays were going to be a part of everything DB earlier today. And I said, got it through the Devontae one, right? Because everybody on the internet was tweeting, like, never seen this before, yeah. never seen this before. And D-Butt's like, there's no reason for us to spoil a bigger spotlight on it. <laughs> and I appreciate he that. Called, he, called, he called the L. If, they, if the Raiders were the one, you know. Maybe. Why was that vastly different than what you've seen before? Because it was so that far route? down the field? Yeah, what, what was Just it? that if you're running a, an out route in the NFL, like everything is timing, it's bang, bang. You rarely see like that inside step, inside stuttering and getting back out. But uh, it, it, he's just so smooth at the beginning, getting off the releases, and then at the top of his route. Uh, that, that was, and you don't see that every week. You re, I saw it 10 years ago. Brandon Lloyd ran almost that Ooh. same right route, and I like fell. I like touch grass. It's probably the only time I've ever been routed to the point where I fell. Um, so you're not seeing that every week. That was a special, uh, special route. But they didn't get the dub. So. Hey, just wait for the Thunderdome. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. On that court. Can't wait. Uh, <laughs> shit, me. I don't know if my knees are going to be able to do that. Oh, definitely. I don't know. You know, normally those wooden floors, the gym floors, mm-hmm. have a little, a little bit of uh, yeah, bounce to them. A little bounce. Not Thunderdome. Too new. That Our thing wood. is right on the cement. Underneath. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, man, there is no. I mean, this is no certainly wood made <laughs> for it, but there is the no. Fit. There, yeah, I think I'm gonna need knees. that. Double copper fit knees. <laughs> yes. We got to oh, break yeah. it in. Also, hey, elbow, elbow, elbow copper fit, no doubt. Got to have hands, probably too, if you yeah, want. Gloves. Wrists, yeah. yeah. yeah for sure. Or like a shack, icy hot pad on your back. Give me the. I'll get the... Uh, Brett Favre still with Copperfield? Well... Come on. Yeah, I think it's going to have to be. There's going to be some money that's going to have to be owed. I yeah, do believe that. He didn't know what he was doing. Going to need a Copperfield uh, for his brain. I beg to differ, Tony. I read that whole article. It was about eight pages. I read it this morning. It took me about 35 minutes. Brett Favre is a goddamn criminal mastermind. I mean, I had no, I, I had no idea. I thought Brett was just some dumb hayseed. I, mean, I love watching him play football. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. This guy's like fucking Bernie Madoff, what he was doing down there. Holy it, shit. Yeah, it's it un- wasn't for him, though, right? It was for Joe No, yeah, it was, for, it was for Southern Mississippi's new volleyball facility oh, that his shit. daughter is part of the team. But basically just going directly to the governor of the state and being like, hey, what do we, we – get? let's get this done. And then him pretty much greenlighting it, and then anytime there was a snag, Brett would text – like an aide or an assistant, be like, what do we got to do to push this through? I mean, and then they would just start. Sounds like right a politician, up. good politician. What a guy. Well, you know. Yeah, he, who? They yeah, were, good politician. They were, who's he robbing? Peter to pay Paul? No, 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 no. Paul no. to pay Peter. It was broke ass Peter. Yeah. Oh, he's opposite of the world. They were taking money out of the, probably the portion of the yeah. world that needs it the most. Who's a rich poor, Robin Poor, 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 oh, yeah. poor states. States welfare fund. You can't be. Oh, stealing from. I didn't read all the text messages, but I did see the headlines. Doesn't look good for old Brad. Yeah, not yeah, at all. He had 7,000 like, concussions. He didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, so then that leads into question, like, all of these headlines and sound bites that Brett Favre has made while being a media pundit. <laughs> Boom. We Criminal have to assume that he, you know, is trying to set up his defense. To Ty's point. It's his Andy. brain is mush. Yes. Probably told his wife, like, hey, don't worry. I'm going to start saying some outlandish shit on Sirius. <laughs> wait wait till worry. they hear this one. I have 400 concussions. They're going to ask me about the NFL. I'm going to fucking hit them with a, you know, boom. We're going to talk about Yemen today, okay, and what's going on over there. <laughs> <That's> genius. <laughs> Is he the ambassador for the World Cup? 
Should yes. be. Well, yeah. send him to Cutter. I don't know what the fine's going to be that Brett Favre's going to have to pay. There's no way they put him in jail for this. I no, that. definitely not. I saw him and the governor, I don't think, are facing anything like that. But the like a lot of the other people involved, like, oh, yeah, not good. Not good. FBI's getting involved. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Well, Brett shouldn't have fucking stole from the people, Brett. Yeah. yeah. I believe Southern Miss is ranked like 16th in women's, you know, 1A volleyball yeah. this year, though. So, Good. Well, they used to play with no nets. Not, It's not for nothing. How much money do you need for the volleyball? No offense, volleyball. So I played volleyball. I love the sport of volleyball. I love everything about it. It's like millions and millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, it? for sure. And I they built a facility. Yeah. yeah, brand new facility. Big part of it, too, is that I think it's in like the state bylaws or something like that. Southern Miss, like they don't, they can't start any projects on campus unless whatever the project is has already been paid in full and like the school has those funds and that wasn't the case so they were kind of just like stringing him along and every once in a while it, it hit a snag and he'd be like hey i need another fucking two million bucks so we can break ground on this thing again they'd give it to him and it was just like uh yeah not not a great deal for brett chase i did see he's promoting the hallow app though to pray with him Really? Let's oh, go. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, this is on, is this on top of what he already owes from those speaking gigs? No, so I think this is that whole thing yeah. bundled. It's all part of it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if the speaking gigs thing were ever a thing. I think that was an attempt to be a cover-up for this story never to make. So he, it's, it's said in that as well that a big part of it, like when they were like talking about um, – like needing money or not having money, be like, well, I could just do a couple fucking radio spots, and you can take whatever I would have, you know, made and just give it directly towards this thing. So it was almost like some sweat equity. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Smart. And he's gonna say that he didn't know where the money was coming yeah, from. Exactly. Already has. Already. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. Yep. His lawyer said, "Hey, Brett has been nothing but you know upstanding in this whole fucking situation." Okay. He had no idea where the money was coming from. And then all the text messages came out, you know, of him kind of just oh, knowing exactly it's coming out of the welfare. Yeah, just like very actively <laughs> checking on the situation, like with this one specific aide who you know it just Did deliberately deliberately asking if there's any way that the media can find out where this came from. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the media oh, has no. found out. Right. At least he wasn't emailing. She said, True. no, we uh, never disclosed this stuff to the public. How the text get out? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm sure it was I in there. It was, this, it was this was a the FBI's like, involved. Didn't they subpoena people's phones? They could. Yeah, I think they might have. I like Brady. Yeah, they need Apple to get through the phone. Okay. If we, you have a password. Uh, Brett, Brett Favre sounds like he's fucked. Uh, Going to have to pay back a bunch of money. And he took from the welfare fund. Bingo. Mississippi. Damn you, Brett. Jesus Christ. Damn, Bill just came in here. Something toxic's coming. Bill, what happened? Uh, Nancy knew one of the people like associated with this is on. She's getting like 13 felony charges. Like yep, they, are, was. they are coming after this. And she is the one that Brett was pretty much texting. Sorry, Nancy. One she an aide to the governor? Yeah, I believe so. Jeez, man. Nancy. Nancy knew is going to jail for 35 years. So Nancy knew. And Brett Favre's like, need to sell some copper fits. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's get this money Fucking back. Ask Wrangler if Dale Jr. is doing their spot again this year. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, pivot away from that and talk about Thursday Night Football Tailgate. What? Hosted by Josh Richards uh, with special guests. Thursday Night Football doing a, I believe it's a TikTok and Instagram kickoff show Whoa. for uh, Amazon and Michael Richards. Josh Richards, oh. super handsome kid on TikTok, super duper. Yeah, handsome. I know who he is. He's a star. He is absolute star. And Porter, by the way. Yeah, Pat Ren is fucking gonna kill it. Vivacious Dot Honey will be on there. What? The TikTok drummer will be on there. Oh. Um, Lil Izzy Vert will be there. Zeth will be there. He has great lettuce. 
Uh, Sean Sart account will be there. Another great haircut. Uh, Patrick Crenna. Uh, Rena, he was doing that dance the other day to all the uh, football yeah, themes. Yeah, Ham Porter. Yeah. Aquarium Pacific will be there. I don't know if it's going to be uh, Otter or whatever the hell this is. Uh, Lacey Jane Bryan stopping by. <laughs> Gaiman Foodie. The Golden Balance. Emmanuel Duverneau. This looks awesome. Uh, Jesus Algas. People stop tagging me that, please. And Tucker <laughs> Budson. <laughs> Jesus. Fresh meat. Nalgas <laughs> is not Zito. Yeah, stop tagging me in That's this. TikTok Zito. <laughs> TikTok Z. TikTok yep. Z. I assume these numbers are going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Follow up. I'm an old. Yeah. I don't know who any of these motherfuckers are. No, not one of them. I know Sweet Sandlot kids. guy. Yeah, yeah. Hand right. Porter, dog. Right. I know Sandlot guy. That dog's going to be sweet. Yeah. I know Josh Richards because I'm a big fan uh, of, of the business he's running. But everybody else, I don't know. But this is going to be huge. This is going to be bigger numbers than anybody could imagine. It's on a platform that we don't know any of the motherfuckers on it. Yeah, this, you know, trying to get the young kids engaged, following the guy. I think this is what it's about. Smart, Smart idea to introduce to them that Amazon is a thing. I think that's yeah. going to be their biggest motive this year is, yeah. like, letting people know that we are the exclusive Thursday night football partner, you know? Yeah. And that's a good idea to get them involved. Can't wait to see the dude perfect is having a watch along for a few of them. I don't sure. know if it's happening tomorrow night. And then the games are going to be great. Kirk and Howard are going to do fantastic. You got Fitz Magic doing media runs, stirring uh-huh. up some shit. Yeah. Uh, Gonzalez is in a goddamn uh, movie. MVP. Right. I mean, they got things cooking right now over there at Amazon. Congrats to all of them, AJ. Does it have, you know what, the weird connection, I know... Tony Gonzalez's ex-wife is Bezos' current girlfriend, right? Yeah. What? Yeah, like, is. is that a weird Amazon connection? Oh. No. It's not like it's a secret. I mean, it's public knowledge. But crazy. Yeah, of course. Pop culture. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he hangs either. out with Bezos. They, they hang yeah. out together. They're kind oh, of cool. Really? Well, I've seen cool. pictures of them Interest together. Matured, though. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's like Dewey and his sex wife. She flies helicopters. They're all friends. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to also... Alicia Keys and Swiss Beats. Yep. I believe they actually, I don't know if they live with his ex-wife, baby mama, but they, I know they, uh, yeah, do you know this? Really? They're all friends. They, uh, I don't, it might not be anymore. This was just one photo I saw maybe a year and a half ago. They were on vacation together and it was a big photo. And I just, that was in the middle of my learning about Alicia Keys mm-hmm. just being a fucking hippie. She's yeah. just a mm-hmm. hippie. Yeah, like, she's awesome. Yeah, she is very talented. Yeah, I think that happens. It's, there's always some interesting shit that pops off <clears> of <throat> some of these relationships. Like, how are they getting through it? It's like, if it works, I guess it's sure. all that matters. Yeah. Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson. Yeah, and, well, that. Uh, what's his name? Travis Scott and Kylie. They're all friends. No, they're not married anymore. Well... Yeah, much of a choice. What? Uh, Kanye's trying to drive a wedge through that whole thing. Yeah, trying yeah. to. Good Kanye. luck. He can't do it. <laughs> Nobody can drive a wedge through that. I'm glad Ray J's putting the truth out there. You can't kill what can't be killed. Yeah. <laughs> did did Ray J put the truth out there? A couple days ago, he released. Put some emails trying, out. Yeah, he's trying to put the email text messages out. I oh. did see Kanye stole his computer. But we all knew already knew they that. Had the, the sex tape on it. Yeah. I thought they met up. Ray J yeah. gave it to him. He smacked him in the mouth, I heard. With Kanye? Yeah. yeah. Kanye wouldn't. That's Sorry, like that he song. flew back commercial back to Kim. That song, Real Friends. <laughs> yeah. What happened? That's what? season one, I think, of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I fucking hate it. Yeah. Can't do it anymore. Go to the phones. Congrats to everybody. Yeah, hell yeah. Love, love. That sounds like it's a lot of hate over Yeah. I don't that know how much it sounds like a lot hate of hate. and love somewhere. Very close, but the one is much worse than the other for all of our... Emotional. Love me now. Love me. 
Well, we hate they love. Hate me now, love me later. Yeah, there it is. Is he going to Nebraska, Coach JB? Yeah, big should. chance. Big chance. I don't understand why not. Why wouldn't? I saw him breaking down film about Kyler Murray not knowing shit about fucking a yeah. football field. Give him a 10-day contract. What's the worst I can have it? Please. Let's see that press conference. 10-day turnaround. That'd be sweet. Where they introduce him. Nebraska seems like the perfect place to bring in JB, too, right? Yes. Yeah. He'll get players from Cali. They got. He'll bring in athletes. They got a fuck ton of money. Yep. Yeah. He's not messing around in the transfer portal. No, I think he is. He better. He better. Yeah, I think he is. I think that first season is probably... 45 transfers, if I had to guess, yeah. going to Nebraska. I think Scott Frost and Coach JB are going to have two different philosophies. philosophies. I think JB may force a few guys into the portal, too, if he shows up on this. <laughs> For sure. I'd be shocked if CJ so, Stroud too. didn't not go to the NFL and transfer to Nebraska to play for JB. I That's heard that I rumor. Heard. Nebraska I, should think about it. Yeah. I heard Nebraska is on the tail, but Notre Dame might be looking into JB. Oh, that's your guy, AJ. I, if he doesn't write Coach Lou Holtz back, he's fucked. Yeah. You know it, Marcus, and I know it. Yeah. I love Marcus Freeman. I sure hope he oh, does man. well. And if, if for some reason they, they move on from Marcus, then I guess JB is the next choice, right? Yeah, I yeah. think yeah. that's kind of he's in yep. waiting for the next mm-hmm. Notre Dame head coaching job, Coach He'll write JB. He'll back. I think he definitely will. That's his thing. He, he showed respect to those who came before him. You know, not like these – Fucking shitbirds who have no respect for anything. Absolutely. And I think (laughs) Coach JB said on this show last year that he would do it for like 500 grand. So if you're in Nebraska, it's like, hey, we owe Scott Frost like $180 million over the next 20 years. Like, we can give Coach JB fucking 500 grand this year. Cut our losses. We'll see what we do. Now, Brett Favre might accept the role for the same amount of money because he's going to just need cash at any point now. Yeah, new vending machines in the uh, Southern Miss volleyball facility they need them and they need them now that was a text message <laughs> no but it was shit like that you're the only one that read the whole thing though so like whenever you start giving out details <laughs> yeah. like that that seemed to be absolutely that whatever i say it, you know i may be embellishing a little bit whoa but Tough. it's a crazy story so let's go to the five energy phone line and let's get the fuck out of here on this beautiful wednesday can't wait for tomorrow yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah can't wait for tomorrow thankful for today but can't wait for tomorrow let's go to the phones let's go to zach in seattle on the five energy phone line zach what's going on pal yo pat aj deep up boys what's going on hey nothing man how are you shoot man doing pretty good shoot. i just want to talk about and let me be clear i'm not a seahawks fan uh in fact go pat go shout out aj hawks i just want shout to say out. don't be surprised by the booze. seahawks fans have liked Russ for one reason that's he was good at the football Aside from that, they were not down with the personality. You saw Sherman and Dougie Baldwin even threw shade on the Twitter after the game. I don't know. The tipping point was when he spoke through Team 3, like you said, Pat. Man, it sounds like I'm just right about everything. Yeah. yeah nailed it. <laughs> Nate Boyer, you know, said, you can't act like you know everything everywhere. Sure feels like we could start doing that. Yep. This why show, not? This show feels like we can do it. So, Seattle, why were they coming after us if they've hated them for years? They just, we can't do it. They can. Yeah, and probably just didn't want to come to the realization that, like, oh, shit, a guy who won a Super Bowl and who is one of the best, like, 10 quarterbacks in the league, like, he's not going to be here next year. He hated it. That was real. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it, man. The the walking, him wandering around the field looking for someone (laughs) to hug was the weirdest thing to me. I was like, man, where are, like, I think you said it. Where are the trainers? Where's the team docs? Where's everybody? Like, what happened? I would hope, and I'm just the punter, if I went to another team and the Colts were playing that team. Ten years. I was was there for eight years. I would fucking hope. 
<laughs> that that training room, the equipment room, just let alone players who might be like, oh, fuck you, you said you were better than us or whatever. Okay, I guess we can get past that. If I want out guns a-blazing, well, special teams fucking stinks, mm-hmm. coach stinks, and I did that whole thing, and they didn't want to come talk to me. But the doctors, equipment managers, trainers, I didn't even think about that till today. It's like, those are personal relationships you would think that you had. Debo was awfully surprised as well yeah. in that whole thing. And now that I'm thinking about it with the trainers, and I mean, he's got team three, so he probably just – it's probably been a wedge between those yep. guys. But you know how, like, yeah. team trainers and doctors are. Like, they oh, yeah. go by there, and then you go outside of that. They're kind of like, all right, fuck you. Exactly. So, that, that, you know, thinking about that now. But that was very, very odd. The um, only semblance of, like, the other side of that was there was a video of DK Metcalf, and someone presented him a Let's Cook Russ sign that they were holding up in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't sign it. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. But that might have just been him being like, I'm not going to be that petty. But DK yeah. also might have yeah. been tight with Russ. For yeah, sure. Yeah. And they did a whole Jersey thing. Yeah. I do wonder if the Seattle fans look back at the Super Bowl and more so look at the Legion of Boom than they do. Like, oh, Russ won us this. I feel like... Well, that's what you guys did when Tom left with you. It's Belichick. That, True. That's exactly what I'm saying. They yeah. definitely that's do why. that with yeah, they do. West for sure. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Let's have two more phone calls here on the 5 Energy phone line. Go to 5RNG.com. Use promo code MACFI to receive 10% off. Hell yeah. We would highly recommend the Hawaiian Breeze, oh. who has only been available for 14 days mm-hmm. here. Yeah. At, um, it is, isn't it? D-Butt. Absolutely. Oh, oh, I missed it. But you just hammered that. Everybody it's like vacation. Hey, everybody that's had it says they like yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's top tier. And this is not forcing people to do this. Well, we're forced to talk about it because it <laughs> we are in business together. Yeah. It is good. But it is delicious. Yeah. This Hawaiian breeze is great tasting. I'm very thankful for it. <laughs> Only available for September, we assume. That is like a beta test for mm-hmm. whether or not they should keep it. They should. Go and get yourself a box, 5RNG.com. Use promo code MACFI to receive 10% off uh, your order. Or $10 yeah. off. 10%. 10%. 10%. Shout out. You ever put it in the fridge? No. I think it might be good in the fridge. Feels like it would. Ours Cold. is always sitting on like a counter. Everybody's is. I'm just wondering. I bet it tastes pretty counter. good if you put it in the fridge. Most things do. You know what does it? Hmm. Those Quest cups. You don't like them in fridge? Put them in the fridge. Because they are naturally going to be drier than the regular, it's a cold dry. Oh. So when it's warm and the chocolate's melting a little bit, it actually gives kinda it some mass- moisture. Oh, yeah, like kind of gives it some moisture. Because I put a bunch in the freezer, and I'm like, here we go. Like, uh-huh. about to do it. And Perfect. I'm like... This ain't like a Reese's. I took them all out. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Put those things right in the microwave. Let's uh, yep. get these back or whatever. I thought I was really figured it out. So I, I agree, though. Cold drinks is where I'm at. I'm a cold drink guy. I like fucking ice cold shit. Yeah, for sure. There's I people mean, that like warm shit. I like warm shit. I mean, outside of like maybe like a hot cocoa in like the, oh. you know, in the winter when it's icy cold, I can't imagine wanting to drink it. anything warm ever. Mm-hmm. Miami, there's nothing warm. Coffee, I guess, down there, right? Big yeah, coffee. coffee. I'm not I'm not I'm coffee. not opposed to room temperature water. Hell yeah. Yeah, I can handle no. that too. I like ice water, but I definitely yeah, have so no cold. issue with I room don't temperature. Agreed. What just happened? Flat soda. Oh, <laughs> So nah, fucking good. No, that's that's, that's, false. that's the side you're on. No, I can't. That's your palate. Never. That I have I have transposed nerves in my teeth in the back. That's why I like room temp water sometimes. Oh, yeah. So your mouth that makes sense because yeah, you blew up in your mouth whenever you didn't wear a mouthpiece Correct. and used your helmet as a weapon. That make you have a medical reason to like warm water. What's your excuse? What does that even mean? You you, you like, like room yeah. room temp water? Absolutely delicious. I mean, I can do both. I like cold too. I like you know room temp. Goes down so fast if it's yeah, room temp. Can't like both. Okay, okay we can chug. I, can I like a good chug. Okay, if we're chugging room temp for sure, yeah. but 
when are you just housing water? You, you go out to get brunch, and you're like, you know what, I need to fucking chug this water down. You're getting ice water, or you're getting the room temp water? Brunch is like exclusively ice water, I feel like. No, it's not. This is how I got in this conversation. Mimosas. Because these super nice places have, they give you a, a vase-looking yep. thing with water, <laughs> yep. and, and then two cups, and the water is the warmest water of all time. That's how most places are now, I feel like. They bring one big water, which I like because I, I can refill it myself, but I do but want ice cold. a lot of times. Too. Yes, me too. That's how this whole conversation started. I learned there's a lot of people like you guys, though, that don't mind the, don't mind. the room temp water. I'm like, what? Just... Have if we're chugging, I understand, but just sitting there, I can't do it. Sick. Don't Yeah, but you wear a hoodie when it's 95 degrees. True. Yeah. True. Freak. True. So you probably, your body probably <laughs> thinks that's cold. Uh huh. The room temperature water, Darius. That makes sense. Probably thinks it's cold because his body yeah. is operating at like 150 degrees on a regular basis. I still don't understand that. That living room in Tampa sometimes would get up to 95 degrees with those lights on, and he'd come in there every <laughs> single week with Full a black hoodie. hoodie and black sweatpants. In it's August. Like, yeah, Dude, it's hot outside. It's insane. It was, um, you might have a problem with your pituitary glands. Oh, You might have a medulla oblongata problem. You got to get that know. checked out. I was passing out of heat exhaustion. Oh this my guy God. had two so jackets hot. on. You walk outside and it's just like instantly. You're just covered I mean, in I sweat. Grew, I grew up in South Florida though. So that's, you know. Herb Street. summer literally all year. Herb Street. So Des Howard, same way. Desmond Howard, whenever we were at Texas, it was like 105, I think, where we were at one point. 105 degrees. Me and Herb Street, full. Our faces, obviously, all the blood in our body is boiling. <laughs> so it's trying to get out of our face. We're so, I'm drenched in sweat, this whole thing. Dez just chilling, you know? And Herb Street goes, Dez lives in Miami. He's got no problem. I'm like, you're like fucking Darius Butler. This, You South Florida guys have no idea how a human body's supposed to feel at 105 fucking degrees. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I, my body doesn't operate. It does no. not do well at all. It's the worst me possible yes. is whenever yes. it gets above 80 and it's humid. <laughs> I'm fucking done. It puts you in a terrible mood too, doesn't it? Oh, me, nah, I mean... Not terrible, but like everything is Irritated. all good. You gotta take 17 showers today. Yeah, and like <laughs> the thighs, the, all the clothes are ruined. Mm-hmm. Like clothes are just ruined. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, you're right. That's you're why right. you see all those Florida man stories. Yes. Weather's always like that shit. Shit yeah. gets crazy. It's too yeah. hot. Yeah. It's too damn hot. It's like the penguin wall. We'll dunk on D by that when it's winter and he's gonna be struggling and we'll be. Oh, just yeah, because you're coming up That's here. Coming, yeah. 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 Sorry. Good luck. Sorry. I'm gonna like good you luck, the first pal. couple weeks too. Sorry. Oh, it's cool. Feels crispy outside. Yeah, you'll be able After, to catch uh, some Halloween. Good, you'll, be, you'll be able to have some good fits too. Oh, you'll yeah. be able to have for a while yeah. good jacket game. Oh yeah. After yeah. Halloween, yeah. it's been some this years. Mid December, he's gonna be showing up in snow pants. Yeah, it <laughs> starts after Halloween. Yes. I'm not. I'm not tripping. I'm not worried. You should right. be. Sounds Keep like an eye on it. It's gonna be cold. Like Keep an eye on it. Bring Keep your puffy coat, bitch. Better. That's really all we have, though. Yeah. Wait till it's cold. Yeah. Oh, not tripping. Golly. Still going to be cold for us. Love yeah, cold. That's the problem. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. Do you really? Yeah. I mean, the entire year last year, I tried to do like a mental test, and you do it. You know, not wear any long sleeves in the studio during the winter because oh, yeah. it gets oh, to be, well, you know, 55 degrees in here. And <laughs> I made it through it, and I decided, like, yeah, I think I'm past the, the point of like hating cold. Is it uh, Thunderdome has, has temperature regulation. Okay, good. Well, I hope because that place is huge. So if, <laughs> if it gets cold. I want to let you know, though, we're going to keep it chilly. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. cold in there. <laughs> you, you and Letterman. I run hot. I run hot. Uh, Letterman, yeah, I want to watch the show. It was chilly in there. He liked to keep it super chilly, I guess, for the crowd. He didn't want the crowd to get all hot and tired. Smart. 
I don't want to sound smart. like a selfish prick. I just keep it cold because I run real fucking hot. Yeah, yeah possible. Well, I mean, there'll be a gym if you. If yeah, you're I was gonna say, too cold. Go to. hop in the hot shower, or boom, go run fucking set of suicides on the court. Oh, yeah. There get we your go. Shots up. Oh yeah. Bingo. Better get your shots up. You're gonna have <laughs> to. Don't worry about it. Hey, we can run a full. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect full. It's awesome. Too. Bro, and one mixtape. But the the amount of we the amount of cameras we have in there, with the amount of service, we can run like games and like broadcast it in mm-hmm. there pretty easily. Who are you getting to see like how and what we're gonna be able to do, it's like holy fuck. We're gonna I mean we get there's a golf simulator in yeah, there that has like fucking three cameras in it and on it at the same I mean it's just like we paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would have been a lot more if it's in New York or LA. Of course. But this place is gonna be fucking Sick, I think. Honestly, we should run it. We should have a three-on-three tournament that we broadcast. What right. a surprise! Like for. a league, maybe. I, I, I think just I don't want to run a league. I think just I one day. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we don't have to do. The I was three. thinking like four teams in the office league round robin. Oh, you're talking about us playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. no oh, okay, no. good. That's uh, what no, I was no, worried no. about. I was not talking about us playing. Oh, no, no, bomber. We're no, we're not. Yeah. That's gonna get pretty competitive. I assume we want to. Yeah. We put up a big prize on it. I don't know if you're ever going to get to the shape. In which it'll Correct. matter. I'm thinking about it right now, and I'm going to. D Butt is going to sign Devin Funches to his team. Yeah, seriously. And he's going to have somebody else. What do you mean his, his team? I'm I'm the bench guy on D Butt's team. I'm the handshake guy on that team. Oh, you're the locker room. Yeah, I'm a locker room sure guy. I'm just a guy at the end of the bench. You know, sure. I'll keep the vibes high. Well, you're getting high. you're getting some minutes. You're getting some run. Sure, when we're up fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. Really start brainstorming about all the shit. Defensive specialist. Yeah. OC, Recon, D- OCW shooter. might. Yeah, I hope he's smacking the floor. OCW God. might make a return on oh. that whole thing. Ooh. Yeah. The yes. rushing ring in the middle there. Oh, God. Be like fucking mania. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> OCW's office championship wrestling. Maybe the best product we have ever put together. By far. In our entire existence. Anyone has put together. Maybe. Yeah. The hallway walking in. Oh. Yeah. For oh. the ramp. Smoke in there. Is that where uh, so Jesus smoke. was fighting the Easter Bunny? Yeah. Jesus uh-huh. saved, actually, our champion. Yeah. Yeah. Who's fighting against the devil? The devil. Easter okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Straight was. to hell, match. We almost went to hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all our souls. All of us, yeah. We're yeah. on the line. It's not funny. Eternal damnation, D-Butt. Yeah. Oh, because Nick thought he was so funny and yeah. sent a DM to the devil. Got it. Bold. I try to watch that about once every three months or so. We're about coming up on that time. It's, uh-huh. been, it's been a while. We all, that's one of the only things, we filmed all of them in one night. Mm -hmm. We couldn't hear a goddamn thing, and we lost our voice. And we sat in the editor's bay, watching it back until like 2 a.m., it felt like, 2, 3 a.m., just dying laughing at the whole thought of it. Very proud of that one. We have three episodes ready to go. Very well. Season two two is... Season two was pushing the boundaries a little bit. Season two was being a little controversial (laughs) with the storylines we had, but I think we would execute it for the art. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's go to the fence. You probably get those guys wrestling again. Yeah, I mean, Mama's dinner table match. Yeah, that might be my personal God favorite. Nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a uh, test tube baby who had oh, no mom or yeah. dad. No dad. <laughs> no mom or dad was uh, fighting against our champion for our champion's mom yeah. for Mother's Day. Who was in the crowd? And, uh, Great storyline. Yeah. yeah. Every week we had. Yeah, we did. I mean, I mean Bill we'd be, Ding. Yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Bill William Ding, Ding the Wall. Ding. William Ding. Bill yeah. Ding the Wall. Yeah, his nickname was the Wall. Grace Hill. Full name William Ding. Yeah. Construction fit. <laughs> yeah. And he was a fucking worker technician in the ring. Say, the yeah. young <laughs> Dean Malenko. He lost though. He, he knew did. what he was he doing. Did. Well, I mean, that's because the champion was a true champion. <clears throat> champion. Champion. 
Oh, wow. Those are the days. Yeah. Me and Ty just yelling into a microphone. Screaming. For four straight hours. <laughs> yeah. Crowd <laughs> in Couldn't hear what each other yeah. were saying the entire time. Not a <laughs> Crowd brought it, though. Yeah. yeah. All, every Crowd show. <laughs> people that watch, the people that watch our shows are the best. Yeah. Pretty cool, too. Uh, so people recognize me from a lot of different things when I'm out and about. I assume for you guys, so I don't want to act like this is just my own personal experience. The guy, the people that know me from this show, always the coolest in public. Always like, yeah. hey, Pat, yeah. what's up, man? Love the show or whatever. And then yep. they just like keep it moving. You know what I mean? Always the coolest people. And those were the people that were in there. Mm-hmm. for the, They knew what the job, they, yep. they understood uh-huh. the assignment, which mm-hmm. I was very, very thankful for. I thought you were about to say they knew you from OCW. I was like, yes. <laughs> that yeah. too. Only our people who are true people know <laughs> yeah. OCW. Last phone call here in the Five Energy phone line before we get the fuck out of here and have a Thursday. Hammer down will be in about 10, 15 minutes. Let's go to uh, Damon in Georgia. Damon, what's going on? Targaryen. What's going on, fellas? How we doing? Keep it moving. Perfect. Uh, yo, D-Button, AJ. I know y'all been on some great defensive squads, but if either of y'all had a game where y'all, the, you made the opposing fans physically get sick, uh, I know Joey B's five turnovers had some woman rain and puke down on some poor kid in a neck brace who couldn't even turn his head to see why he was getting soaked. All right, Damon, great question. And that leads to this video that we found on the Internet oh, last no. night. A woman in Cincinnati who couldn't take- get up, walk away, go somewhere else, lady. She don't care. And the kid in front of her, the poor people around her, you gotta you gotta scram when that happens. The person in front of her had a neck brace on. A legit one. Yeah. Uh uh, solid probably a neck brace. The person sitting next to the broken neck person though, who saw it though and didn't do anything. Maybe the heel of this video, yes. not the woman who's puking, obviously heel, bad person. I sure. uh, can't just be puking on people without even covering it up or attempting to do it. Man. She was making sure she wasn't getting on her shirt, and uh, she didn't want to make a scene, I don't think. She seemed to be trying to be as casual as possible, and in turn, she's puked on somebody in an neck brace. It's, uh, it's brought back memories of your party. <laughs> oh, yeah, Darius was doing this at the end of next day. <laughs> She said, I'm fine after the first one. And I'm fine. Swallow. <laughs> oh. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. That's all I that's all I need to get it down. Oh get it God. out. I didn't get it on my shirt. Oh, I got it on my shirt. Oh. There's more coming out. Yeah. Why are you sitting down still? Because I think she just wants to keep it cool. Yeah. It, go puke up in the concourse. Yeah, but then you get kicked oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> this lady's puked before in a stadium. Yeah. She knows if you act like there's nothing wrong, there's <laughs> nothing wrong. Even if you're projectile vomiting onto somebody with a broken fucking neck, dude. Nobody around her is like even aware of Except for the person Except for recording. the dude, yeah, with the camera. Well, dude or lady I mean, they the can camera. smell it. I don't know. It looks like she's just spitting out ice cold beer. Why? Why? That's straight white claw. I've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> That's just white claw foam coming back up. Ooh. I don't want to. Poor ask. kid's never going again. I, I do not know. Anyway. know. I do not know. Yeah, there's people standing in front of him. Give him a screw. It's a damn shame. We have. Hey, Godspeed on. Yeah. Godspeed. Godspeed. Punishment. Broken neck and puked on. I don't yeah, know. Nice. You tell me we're rock bottom. Yeah, that yeah feels like devastating <laughs> loss. And the Bengals yeah. lose. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's too bad. Not a great Sunday. Jeez, we hope everything works out. Yep. The well, guy next to the kid notices for a second and then acts like he didn't see anything. Yeah, doesn't want, yeah. doesn't want to have to do his obligation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to have to fight this puking Jesus. old white trash lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What am I going to do? Can't turn around to see what's going on. He anyway. punched her right in the face. Hey, 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 Someone bitch. did. <laughs> What is the uh, those tickets are expensive, right? They're not cheap. Yeah, or bowl. She's puked before in public. No question. Yes. And yeah. as somebody who has potentially had to puke in public because maybe it was St. Patrick's Day, and maybe you drink thirty beers before eleven a.m. 
And then you're walking around and your stomach's like, hey, we don't handle that many beers. And you got to puke. You got to walk as normal as possible as you're puking. Because if you stop <laughs> and a crowd starts around you, cops are coming yep. and you're getting in trouble immediately. I think that's why that lady did what she did. I yeah, think. don't make a scene. Yeah, so. don't make a scene. No. Just don't get on somebody. Draw attention to yourself in your own way, but not in a negative fashion. Yes. Or, or you could sell out and do it like uh, we were talking about that fatso at that NHL game who sat there and just puked all over himself. <laughs> you know, kind of knew like, hey, I can't be spraying this on people around me, but I'll just puke that all lady, over myself. That lady didn't even do the... No, no not yeah. even thought. Like the Billy McComas in the back of Boston Connors no. car. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that happened. Michael Cole said <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> Bill actually kept that sweatshirt too. Yeah. Pukes into the sweatshirt yeah. in the middle of the street because Connor drives like a jackass. Wow. <laughs> so Bailey's getting car sick. In a great DJ when he's driving though. Thank I you, Darius. Him out to training camp. Good yeah. energy. Yeah, Deepa, did you puke when we were driving to and from training camp? No, he's driving okay. in Florida. Florida, okay. Florida, Florida, Florida yeah, driving. Florida, Florida driving. Uh, Bill, yep. You puked in your sweatshirt. Yep. Take we pulled over on the side of the road. Said, "All right, take that sweatshirt off. Obviously, puke outside." Yep. So he takes sweatshirt off, pukes outside, picks up sweatshirt, comes back in. <laughs> the uh, I didn't puke in the sweatshirt. I puked in the shirt inside the sweatshirt. Oh, Ditched okay. the cold shirt. Saw a guy walking the streets probably wearing that exact same All shirt right. the other okay. day. Right, okay. uh, sweatshirt was totally fine. You barn animal. Yeah, and and I, I felt this lady's pain because, you know, you're sitting there fighting the, the saliva. You know it's coming. And you're like, I can make it. The I demons. can make it. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. fighting the demons. I had this, what, a uh, few weeks back. I had had quite an evening, uh-huh. and then I had uh, rough traffic I was driving through, mm-hmm. and I got to the office, and I was, what? Hot mouth. Really? I was swallowing. I'm like, what are we doing here? Is this about to kill my? Am I a child? And then I go to the goddamn, and I get a good four or five hacks out. Yeah. Feel immediately better. That lady got to watch the end of that game in oh, complete peace. Sure. Okay. Euphoria. Full euphoria. <laughs> yeah. after, after she pukes on broken neck person. <laughs> She feels better than she's ever felt in her entire life. Yeah. Still got the buzz, too. So it already hit her blood. <laughs> yep. So she relieved herself, probably was able to put more down. Yeah. All, all things good for her, terrible for everybody else around her. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, in her head, like we were saying, that she's probably thinking, like, well, this kid's not even watching the game. He can't, like, guess what? The ball's on the 20 yard line right now. We're sitting at the 50. He can't fucking see what's going on anyway. She was looking out for him. Exactly. Yeah. Throwing up helps. Teacher's lessons. Bill said he would never eat 27 sliders in a suite again. And so. <laughs> That's Bill did try to take advantage of the food that was already paid for. Yeah. Bill's move, by Smart. the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah that well, is kind of Bill's Bill, M.O. Bill's move. The, yeah. the real bummer is he had like seven or eight tucked in his sweatshirt pocket, and he had to leave those out with the shirt. <laughs> with so. the shirt, yeah, because that was inside. The puke got mixed with the sliders. Yeah. We love Bill. Yeah. Bill, you're awesome. Mike, love you, Bill. I will never forget Michael Cole going, the fuck is going on? <laughs> so mad. Sitting shotgun. The Jets just got killed. Just got absolutely killed. He's a big Jets fan. He's just, what the fuck is going on? And then he's seen it. He's been there, done that with everything. He looks out his window, and Bill is taking his clothes off in the middle of downtown Indianapolis. <laughs> and Mike Cole's like, what is this? What is going? Is this a normal fucking Thursday around? So disgusting. So disgusting. It was well, awesome. didn't you guys say he was lapping the nacho cheese out of the bowl like a yeah. dog? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was good nacho cheese. It was. It was. Hey, Bill, how good was that nacho and sliders that night? It was great, but I, you just made me relive. I mean, I grew up with Michael Cole my entire childhood, and the one time I finally meet him, this is how I present myself. And this is how he will remember you. Exactly. Yeah. He won't forget you. Yeah. Hey, hey, you remember Bill Cole? He goes, Bill. And I'm like, uh, puke downtown indie guy? 
Oh yeah! <laughs> How is he? He's a YouTube guy, right, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. He goes, that was one of the most epic nights of all time. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, this is live from the car as Bill McComas is. Uh, I'm in the trunk. Okay, so there's Bill, oh. middle of downtown. Michael Cole sitting shotgun, yelling out the window at him. And Connor knows that he's the reason for all of this, no, no. making as many excuses as possible. Uh, I wasn't. Hey, you weren't puking. Foxy wasn't puking. Bill was the only one that puked, and we know that is because he ate about two pounds of food, and that's what. <laughs> you did hit your head a couple times in the back. No, trunk, though. Not his fault. Potholes of Indy. Yeah. Bill, it's kind of despicable you made Pat sit in the trunk, really, when I think about it now. No, no, no. I'm the one that said put me back there. A lot more space than three wide in that thing. Yeah, you yeah. got puked on. The more. trunk oh, is yeah. the play. In hindsight, yeah. Probably the right move. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with going in the trunk. I'm not going to wear a seatbelt. You should. <laughs> you should wear a seatbelt. Okay? I think you should. A lot of studies have said that it helps you, it saves you. Now, my personal experience, I know somebody that was a family, I guess, friend, family member, who died because melted fire, couldn't get it off. Yeah, so that happened to me as a kid. So that maybe has shaped my viewing on the entire uh, seatbelt thing. But if I'm not going to wear it anyways, I'm going to fucking trunk. Mm -hmm. God, I get full leg space, sit back every once in a while. It's very dangerous. And if you have any potholes or a psychopath driver, you're going to hit your head off of that thing. Or if you get ruined it. Well, see, I don't even think about that. I just should I do? Fuck that. Yeah. I'll go three wide. Where you hump or are you on a window? I got a window. Hump, though, you maybe have more leg space because you yeah. can steal it early because people yeah. feel bad for you. First one in forward. there, you can kind of stake your claim a little bit. <laughs> and the window, people feel bad because you're sitting on the hump. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you can almost take advantage of the vulnerability there and just kind of fucking go Hump dropping. gets leg over, right? And then the outer guys get leg under. Whoa. What? So everyone has equal leg room. I, I, I don't think I've ever crossed legs. No. Never. <laughs> you so you're legs legs on top of them? Never. <laughs> I, don't That's bold. I don't think I've ever. No. I don't think I've ever got across legs. Never heard of it. Saves everybody. It sounds like a good answer. It feels like a nightmare for whoever has their leg underneath the other person. Or, the, or big legs. Yeah, either way. That's, yeah. that's the cost of getting the window seat. Or anyone but Zito. <laughs> Zito, nobody's getting in the car and saying Zito's no. on the hump, anyways. <laughs> Zito's got a shotgun. Zito's got a shotgun. Yeah. He's yeah. earned it. Let him go. All right, we're out of here. Hammer Done. is in 10 to 15 minutes. Congrats to all the winners that were announced today. Uh, make sure you open your Cash App and uh, find your winnings here in the next week i'd assume it does take a little bit to get all the money through because of how many winners we have it will make its way there cfo phil cash app and bruce are making their way merch winners from uh sunday's uh merch contest on twitter and on instagram have been announced the cash winners have been announced and the people that predicted the accurate score of the dolphins and uh patriots game on sunday we'll continue to do more giveaways we have a big one coming tomorrow night uh we'll have big merch giveaway on my twitter account and on uh instagram i believe connor's piecing that one together so let's mm-hmm. go ahead hey connor let's go put a good bit of bang go, on together still a few more bets that need to be released but we'll have it ready for tomorrow so there'll be a massive merch giveaway and uh cash giveaway tomorrow to celebrate thursday night football's new era on amazon prime and also to promote the hell out of what FanDuel's got, they got so many bets, oh, yeah. so many ways to win. If you're in a state that doesn't have it, we feel bad, so we do these giveaways so you can participate and showcase how big your fucking brain is. I uh, can't wait for you guys to join us on that tomorrow, and we'll see you in about, you know, 20 hours and 18 minutes or so, AJ. Yeah, we will. Can't wait, man. Big, big game tomorrow night. You excited? Oh, yeah. yeah, huge game. And 
I think Chuck Braun is going to be here. Good what? show tomorrow. Oh, in person. In person, yeah. Let yes. us know. Yes. Let us so know. I can't wait. It should be great. We're thankful. Everything DB today was awesome. Thank you. In the Thunderdome, it's going to be even better. I believe we're moving in there next week. We shall see. Hammer. Die. In. 12 minutes. All right. Have a great day. Take 20 hours. Goodbye. <laughs>